We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. Uh-huh, that's how we're bringing it in to you live, back in action with all the pride and the passion causing a football chain link reaction. This is the third and three podcast. The show is presented by the Sports Column and brought to you from Anchor Radio. My name is Jason Fearman, and with me, as always, are my Hall of Fame teammates, Tricky Nikki G and the Real Deal Damien Adams. Good day to you both, as we have a ton to discuss in a short period of time. And Nikki, just from a football standpoint of view, I'm starting to feel the way that you're feeling right now. I really am with my Niners. It's just awful and it's very uncomfortable. Damien, you were going to be in that position possibly in overtime, but thankfully for your New Orleans Saints, you turned it over. And uh, you're our head coach here, bro. And I know that uh, some coaching spots have opened up in Houston and Atlanta, which you probably wouldn't go, or you would, and you'd be like crushing the, the, the franchise on purpose. You probably would just dismantle the franchise from the inside out and, you know, Saints sniper that you are. But you pulled it out there on Monday Night Football. And I got to say, Justin Herbert looked pretty good, man. We'll talk about it. Definitely, man. Definitely pull it out and we'll get into it. Drop the show. No doubt we will. You guys can listen to the third and three podcast. Jason, Damien, and Nikki, we are with you as always doing our thing. We're ready to rock and roll. It is football time. We will, however, they'll give you a little NBA action coming up. But to get through our neighborhood news, let's do this bad boy real quick. Um, Listen, bad news, obviously, with Dak Prescott. We all know out four to six months. And, of course, that thing that's hanging over the head with uh, with his contract, you know, it should be the last thing in mind. It's his health is what's most important. But now that comes in ironically and unfortunately for him in a franchise tag year. Uh, So he'll miss the rest of the year, and it wasn't his fault that the Cowboys were losing. We know that. The Jets released Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if he's going to end up with Tampa Bay like everybody else is going to, you know, or what, or where he ends up. But he's a good good enough football player to land somewhere. So maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Broncos running back, Melvin Gordon, charged with a DUI, uh, got pulled over for speeding, and again, charged with a DUI. So that is unfortunate, and we'll see where he stands with the team on that. Alex Smith wasn't pretty, but um, was pretty happy to be out there on the field. The Falcons, like I said before, they fired Dan Quinn. Um, who would you know? Who would have thought maybe Atlanta tanking for Trevor with Matt Ryan, thirty-six years old? Guys, uh, could that be a possibility, uh, Nikki? Do you think that that this team would uh, definitely get met, rid of Matt Ryan and go for Trevor Lawrence if they were to get the first pick? Well, you know what I keep hearing, Jay, that they. Matt Ryan to the 49ers. So, well, I, I, uh, I don't want you to hear that. I, I don't want people to stop. I heard that <laughs> once too. And I, I don't want him. Look, no offense to Ryan, uh, guys, but I don't want him coming in now. We need a younger quarterback who's going to grow with the franchise. And if it is Jimmy G, I'd rather have that than Matt Ryan for a couple of years. So, Forget that. <laughs> Forget that. We'll see. But, um, yeah, they're a team that definitely would be in the running, and they would take him, as would probably a lot more teams than you think. Going down the list in the NFL, uh, Damian, there are a ton of teams that would definitely take this guy, despite the quarterback that they have. Um, he's 
you know, that that great. And uh, Justin Fields right behind him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, more bad COVID news, guys, real quick. Nick Saban and Cristiano Ronaldo, I heard today, both tested positive for COVID, which is, you know, again, just horrible. And again, it, this thing is still around all over the world, obviously. So be freaking careful, guys. I don't know what the hell you're doing out there. I, I Stop with the no mask thing. Wear the damn mask and be careful. God. But uh, let, listen, uh, Damian, let's get into the NBA Finals, man. We didn't get a chance to talk about it since they won it. I believe it was Sunday night. Dude, <laughs> I have so much to say, but I, I'm just going to start out with and then just give it to you. I, I think I'm convinced, and it didn't take it to win this title necessarily, but I think I may be convinced that LeBron James is the best player I've ever seen. Hey, I can't blame you for being convinced of that. And, and I'm a Jordan guy. And I'm a Jordan guy. You know that. I've seen basically his yeah. whole career, so you know this. So I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm not mad at anybody who has LeBron as the GOAT or anybody who has Jordan as the GOAT or even if there's some people who will say Kareem. Um, there's a few names you can put there. I wouldn't be mad at either of those names. Like, if you can back up your argument, I'm not mad at it because either one of those guys – are deserving of that type. And LeBron just added more to the resume this year. I believe this is the toughest championship there was ever set to win. The fact that there was a four-month break in the season, they had to go to a bubble to win it, be there for three months, be there for a significant amount of time without their family. Even playing for? Being a guy who's been on deployment in the military, I know what that's like. Being away from your family, be isolated from people is not easy. Sure. Um, it's tough on your mental health. Now, of course, they have a bank account that drives those tears for them. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. But it's still tough. You know, not no amount of money makes up for that time away from your family and stuff like that. So it's something that I think that this title is one that will go down in history as the toughest one to win. And I'm st- I still got Jordan as the GOAT, in my opinion. But like I said earlier, I'm not mad at anybody who has LeBron as the GOAT. He has he definitely has a great case. You look at his career, he's, and he's still going strong. He's 35 and still looks like he has another three, four years of being one of the top guys in the league and being able to get you 25, 10 assists. 78 rebounds the next few years and he may even change my mind soon so I definitely can't argue against it like I said on a few weeks ago I said that they're both great you know it's like Prince and Michael Jackson right you can appreciate both you might have who you have your preference towards but you have to appreciate both bodies of work absolutely there's no doubt Nikki I want to get your opinion on this to me Nikki it's kind of like a very good take right there Damien and to me it's kind of like Joe Montana and Michael Jordan, they're the perfect guys. You know, the 4-0 for Montana and 6-0 for Jordan. Whereas, you know, Brady and LeBron have been there multiple times. Brady nine times and LeBron ten times to the championship, which is sick if you think about that in the NBA. He's been there ten times with multiple teams and now won three MVPs in multiple teams. Uh, it's just unbelievable to me, and the longevity, and uh, he he's still the best player in the game now, and he's going to be 36 in December. Uh, Nikki, unbelievable. Yeah, no, unbelievable, especially being 36, which, you know, hey, it's still young. 36 is still young here, so, you know, we're the, <laughs> we 
Right. Let's uh, forget our birthday, yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I hate the MJ-LeBron debate. I really do because I feel like you could have two goats, and I feel like the argument for either one is valid, like Damien said, so you can't be mad at it. But I will just say this about legacy. It, it goes for all sports, right? So just to add that, you know what? It's not just what you do on the field or on the court. Yes, it's the championships and the titles and the Super Bowls and division wins. And yes, it is your resume as an athlete. But you know what? LeBron does a lot off the court, okay? And it doesn't always get mentioned. It doesn't get a lot of attention. And so I think when people think about legacy, it's their perception of you as a whole, your character, your integrity, what is your behavior like, what kind of teammate are you? Um, so I think when people look back, you have to take that into account. But also to all the haters out there who want to disrespect, why don't you get your ass up off the couch and go try to win four titles? Right. Yeah, no doubt. And literally carried two different Cleveland teams to the finals. Uh, one early in 2007 against San Antonio. He wasn't ready yet. But then against Golden State, I mean, you know, I, you know, he had Kyrie Irving or whatever. But still, I mean, just amazing what he's done in his career. And again, now with three different teams. So, I look, guys, it wasn't up until recently that I thought this. And like you said, Damien, anybody who says Michael Jordan is the best all time, you're not going to get a whisper out of me. I'm not going to argue for one second because I'm still back and forth in my head. But I just the things that LeBron does on the court, I've never seen before in my life. And he's just a truck. He runs over people kind of like the way that uh, uh, Derrick Henry did over uh, Josh Norman on, on in the game last night. Did you guys see that? He freaking threw him across the field. That was amazing. <laughs> that was such a stiff arm. Did you guys see that? Yeah, no, I definitely saw it. It was hilarious. Uh, my favorite meme so far is the one where you have Josh Norman again going out the house like he's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh man, that is excellent. That is excellent. Oh, beautiful. Oh, look. All right, hey, let's let's get some football action going on over here. Uh, week five ranting recap coming up, and uh, Damian and Nikki, you guys both tied. You won this week. Great records. Uh, again, at uh, what was it? Uh, Twelve and four, I believe, if I have that correct. And I was one under at eleven and five. And uh, Damien, you triple locked it up. So, well done, my friend. That's the way. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Yep. Uh, we got. Uh, yeah, you just. Hey, man, you, you did it two weeks in a row now. So that's what's up right there. You know, you know your stuff. So triple lock two weeks in a row for my man over here, Big D. And uh, yep, Nikki, we uh, we got to get our stuff together and uh, get our own going on over there. So let's kick it off and make sure that we got week uh, five behind us and we move on to week six. Let's get the NFL music in the background, rolling around, getting it going around town. We are doing it here. Game time. Let's go. L.A. Rams against Washington. They won 30-10. to 10. And all I have to say is welcome back, Alex Smith. But are you sure about this? <laughs> what do you got for us, D? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of scary, kind of scary. What do you got, Nikki? Uh, this is Goss World, and Washington just lifted it. Ooh, okay, yeah, for sure. And 
I, I, was, I, I thought Washington may upset them. Obviously, I was wrong. You know, L.A. is definitely one of those top teams out there looking good. Uh, Battle of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, 38, Philadelphia, 29. Good thing it was a short ride home, so less stinking and less mental stress and just get home and get to bed or drink beer, whatever you got to do. What do you got to say about this game, Damian? No, I'm going to say it one more time. Claypool, because you got four touchdowns. <laughs> Very well done. All right. What do you got, Nikki, for this game? Pittsburgh 38, Philly 29. I have chasing history. Chase Claypool was the first rookie in their franchise history to score four TDs in the game. Well, there you go. That knowledge with Nikki starts off early in the show, guys. How about it? Love it. Love it. All right, we got Arizona 30 over the Jets 10. And basically, guys, the best medicine for a two-game losing streak are the Jets. And you will win, and things will be right. So Arizona got that win after losing two, back to a 3-2 and two record. Damian, what say you? Not impressed. You beat the Jets. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point, actually. Definitely. All right, Nick. Yeah, uh, yeah, get on out of there. Like, it's somebody else, and it's all not working at all. I don't know. They're going to just go back to maybe a wishbone offense or something like that and try to do it that way. I don't know. Not that their offensive line is any good. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs. Woo, what a battle and what an upset as the Raiders 40 over the Chiefs 32. And Carr got a whole bunch of speeding tickets plowing through Kansas City, guys. He was he was doing it, man. He showed up and he threw long, and Henry Rugg showed up too. So kind of impressive over there beating the Chiefs over there, Damian. What do you got? Yeah, Raiders are legit. Beating the Chiefs, uh, same motion, man. Cars look great going down the field. Love what I saw from the Raiders in this one. No doubt, no doubt. Nikki, what say you? Oh, nice. Look how clever she is. Very good. Excellent job. All right. Next, we got Houston 30 over Jacksonville 14. Brandon finally starting to cook for the Texans. That's what they they said they were going to throw to him more this game, and it worked out real well. He got a touchdown, 136 yards, a bunch of receptions. So, yep, he's going to be featured in that offense. And, uh, I bet you a lot of people have picked him up uh, over uh, today uh, <laughs> during waivers. So what do you guys say about this game, Houston-Jacksonville? What do you got, Damian? I'm still on the board. I can see the snore until you beat someone else other than a Jaguar. <laughs> yes! Haiku City! Woo! I love it. A high freaking coup right there. <laughs> well done. Excellent job. All right. What do we got, Nick? I can't that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put Romeo, Romeo. Where's Romeo? Romeo. This team was motivated to play under Romeo Grinnell. Yeah. Mm, all right. Good for you. Good for you. Look at her. She's knowledge all over the place. Shakespeare and everything. Goodness gracious. Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> 27 over the Bengals, three. 
And the big cat bangles look more like kittens, guys. They just got beat on up out there. So that was the smashing that we all saw coming, Damien. Yeah, for mine, I put um, Joe Burrow said, Mama said there'll be days like this. <laughs> 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 yep, especially against the Ravens. What do you say, Nick? Clean for Patrick Queen. Oh, there you go. All right. Now that's the guy that I picked for defensive uh, rookie MVP. Well done. I like it. All right. Let's keep on rolling over here. We got the Carolina Panthers all of a sudden making some noise in the league, beating the Atlanta Falcons, which seems to be another elixir for teams who are not doing well. They win the game 23-16. And, hey, Coach Quinn, step into my office. Why? Because you're freaking fired. You're out of here. Finally, it's about time. <laughs> All right, D, what you got for this game? Oh, yeah, you ain't getting, bro. Nice call. Go ahead, Nick. Yes, it is. It sure is. He's out, and I don't know who's going to pick him up. Don't have the fondest of ideas and don't not even interested at all right now. What I am interested in is the Cleveland Browns going 4-1, and winning 32-23 to over the Indianapolis Colts, who I also like this year. The Browns finally got guys a signature win. If they needed to finally beat a team who was good, they beat the number one ranked defense. They put up 32 points on them. So, well done by the Cleveland Browns. What do you got, Dink? Mm. That's good. That's good, man. You ain't, you ain't kidding. Drained right down the freaking, wow, down the dam. All right, Nick, what do you got? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess that's how we got to take it with them. Man, yeah, can Indy, yeah, one of the teams I'm rooting for this year. All right, Seattle, 27 over Minnesota, 26. Here's what I got to say to this game, guys. One inch equals one touchdown. So Minnesota missed that four and one where they could have kicked a field goal and gone up eight. Instead, they try to close the game out. They don't get it. Of course, Russell Wilson drives the team down and scores a touchdown. They win by one. So one inch equals one touchdown for Russell Wilson. What do you got, Dean? Go big, I go home. Mm. And sometimes it falls the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it does. All right. Okay, fair enough. What do you say, Nikki? Uh, DK Metcalf is one hell of a sous chef for Russell Wilson because they cook me. Yeah, they sure do. You're not kidding. I'd like to talk about this game a little bit later with you guys. I want to bring it up and, uh, you know, what Coach Jim decided to do at the end of it. All right. Um, we also got Tennessee, 42 over the Buffalo Bills, 16. We saw it last night. And what we saw was the Titans, believe it or not, outplayed, outcoached, outquarterbacked from Ryan Tannehill. Buffalo got a bunch of penalties. The Titans, who haven't played for two weeks and haven't practiced, except for Zoom, they go out there and they look, look like champions. I was so impressed. I don't know what else to say, guys. Damien, you say something for me. It's a bird. It's a plane. <laughs> no, it's just Josh Norman at the, the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yep, that's where it was. Boy, I got tossed. Woo. All right, Nikki, what do you say? 
Yeah, right? No kidding. No, oh, I don't know. Bills, maybe they just, it's a Tuesday, it really threw them off. Who the hell knows? I don't know about that, but very interesting. Our teams, let's get to that. Miami against Frisco, guys, there's not a whole lot I can do here is complaints, and I don't want to complain all show. Look, when you're missing Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa, two of your premier top pass rushers, and you got rid of DeForest Buckner, you're bringing in a rookie, Javon Kinlaw, to take his place, things are not going to work out the way they did last year. Richard Sherman, excuse me, missing in the secondary is a killer. We're missing other guys. It's a major issue. Jimmy wasn't ready to come back yet. He was not prepared uh, physically. So I don't even know if he's going to miss this week, but he was not ready. And that's the reason why C.J. Beathard came in at halftime. But Miami beat the crap out of us. And I had to turn it. I never turn a game off to the last minute, but I had to turn it off with about three minutes or something seconds left. It was absolutely horrific, and I hope it's not a sign of things to come. I really hope they rally around this because they are starting to get healthy, but it's scary now losing to teams like Philly and Miami, teams that we should totally would have manhandled last year. But it's a different year, guys, and Nikki, you know it's a different year, but sometimes, unfortunately, it could be the same old story as your Giants. I told you they were going to score a lot of points, and they almost had it. Tw- uh, excuse me, 37-34 as Andy Dalton comes in for Dak Prescott. It's your show, Nikki. What, you, what's your take on your Giants over here? My take, my little quick hit sentence was galloping all the way down the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. Those this are amazing. game had heartbreaker written all over it. Like, I don't know if you – you guys probably didn't watch it because everyone's watching Raiders Kansas City, which I was watching Red Zone, and I was like, no, fuck this. I want to watch the whole Kansas City game. I flip over, and then they have to cut it, obviously, for Giants-Dallas. And I was like, damn, uh-huh. I don't want to watch this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the country did not want to watch this shit. Um, yeah, I – look, all I'm going to say – Daniel Jones, you have major ball security issues. I, I can't stomach it anymore. I cannot watch this kid just keep coughing it up in critical moments. And you know what? I had to really take a step back and think. And the good teams out there, the consistent teams that win all the time, they have consistent coaching, like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England, Seattle, Kansas City. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of this is situational football, and games are won and lost on making big plays and big moments. And the Giants just can't do it. They are not that team yet. They commit the worst penalties, some were questionable. Um, they don't block to open up a running lane. They don't make a big catch to extend the play. Um, and this is this is the nitty-gritty details where games are won and lost, and they're just not a good team. And it's sickening to freaking watch week in and week out. I, Jay, I hope you don't get to this point because it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> I know, Nick. I, I, I do feel you because in other sports and other teams, I, I, I have the same thing going on. I, I feel your pain, and it's troubling when it's only once a week that you get to watch your favorite team in the world and knowing going into the game that you don't have a chance, and it, it really sucks. So, you know, I, they, they have a long way to go, too. We'll see what goes on with them. Let's get to Damien's team. They had to go into overtime against a rookie quarterback who has gone up against Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, 
And uh, who else did he have to go up against? Uh, and Drew Brees, of course, so, you know. So, I mean, and going toe-to-toe with all of them, pretty amazing what he's done. So, then again, on the other side, you got a rookie, then you got Drew Brees, the old man, but or whatever you want to call him. But he did his thing too, Damien. So, expound upon that game, please. Yeah, now, Justin Herbert definitely looks really, really good. If You know, I'm excited for all three of the Chargers fans out there. They are definitely excited about their future there with him. Uh, He's a stud. Um, As far as the Saints, we got lucky. We definitely got lucky. The Chargers should have won this game. If the kicker does his job, they win. You know, not only the missed um, field goal at the end of the game that could have won it, they hit the upright, but you also had a missed extra point earlier in the game. Yep. Yep. And also changes things towards the end as far as, you know, situational football. And as a team that wants to contend, you need wins like this, though. Each year, you're going to have a few wins or losses where you're like, okay, we should have won this game if this didn't happen, if this one thing didn't happen. We should have won or we should have lost this game if this one thing didn't happen. So for the Saints, this is that game for them. And I'm glad that we have a bye coming up to work on some of the things that I saw out there. Uh, our defense, our secondary especially, is very shaky. Uh, we gave up some big touchdowns. Um, Justin Herbert definitely played well, but we helped him. Uh, there was some wide receivers out there running by themselves as if they were exercising on a trail during the <laughs> hike. Like, it, was, it was ridiculous how open some of these wide receivers were during the game. Um, Marshawn Lattimore is supposed to be one of the best corners in the league and got worked. He yeah. got worked by Mike Williams. Yeah. And Lattimore did redeem himself by making that big-time tackle to save the game at the end um, by – Stopping Mike Williams six yards on a route where he needed seven. But before that, he just was getting done. The reason they were in field goal range to win the game before the field goal kicker hit the upright is the fact that Mike Williams caught a big-time catch over Lattimore. Um, I didn't like the coverage in that play, and I didn't like some of the, the, the defensive play calling in this game from us. Hopefully that's something that we can work on during the bye week as well. Um, Mike Thomas was supposed to be back during this game, but he's out there punching people in practice. That's why he didn't <laughs> play. So I, I think that getting him back is definitely going to be major if he can stop punching people. So this bye week is coming at the perfect time for us. Three and two at the top of the division going into the bye week. Can't really ask for anything more with the way that we've played. So I think that the bye week is coming at the perfect time for us to work on our kinks, the secondary, to work on our communication. And we're getting healthy on defense. We got Davenport back. This week, he's major for the defensive line. He gives you another edge rusher along with Cam Jordan to worry about and Sheldon ranking up the middle. Offensively, our groove is there. You know, you don't have the big-time throws, but you did get some throws down the field from Drew Brees. The one to Jerry Cook was a big touchdown. I love how Monday Night Football showed him looking off the safety and then being able to hit Jerry Cook down the field as the safety moved up, thinking that the ball is going to be thrown short. Yeah, Little things like that to get veteran QBs. So I think we're in a good position. The bye is a perfect time. You got us a lucky win, but you need those throughout the year to really get to your goal. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's look. You want to go into your bye week uh, with a win, no doubt about it. And you know what? Call whatever you want. They snuck it out, whatever it was. You know, they came back. They got the job done. That's the bottom line. And yes, a missed field goal and a missed extra point, big time in that game. And it's so funny. You said, I. I have you ever met a Charger fan in your life? Because I'm thinking about it as you were talking also. I've never met a Charger fan in my life, I don't think. I Seriously. I met Junior Seau. That was the closest thing to it. Guy was on the team. <laughs> no, I, live, I, 
I'm joking our kids because I lived in San Diego for a while. So I've met a lot of Chargers fans who a lot of those guys don't support the team anymore. They yeah. The team moved to. Yeah, they're out of there. One of the dumbest, dumbest moves of all time. Exactly. So that's why I joke about them having, you know, three fans. So it's something that they need to move back to San Diego because LA is still not really bringing them in with, you know, hugs and kisses or anything like that. So. I yeah. About the but it may be fine. Yeah. Well, they're not doing anything after they built the, after they built that monstrosity of a dome over there. It's amazing. I got to say real quick before we uh, cut to our segment, I am so proud and happy for the for the few for the few quarterbacks who have gotten a second chance, like Teddy Bridgewater and Ryan Tannehill being on winning teams and being part of the reason for it. But then I look at the young, talented quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's amazing. Justin Herbert dueling with Mahomes, Brady, and Breeze, like we just talked about, and losses. Only losing by a touchdown or less in those games. We got Joe Burrow. He's shown that he can already play and he's got the ability. Our young quarterbacks, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming in next year, Justin Fields. You got Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. We'll see what's up with Tua, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, and maybe even Daniel Jones. I, what I'm saying is, is this league is in great freaking shape for a long time and more quarterbacks are going to keep coming. It's, it's really incredible, man. I got to say, and uh real quick, a real quick yes or no question from you guys right now. How, how great would Patrick Mahomes look in a Jets? If, if he was playing for the Jets right this second, you got to think about that. And I want to come back with that question. We're going to come back and answer that. What if Patrick Mahomes wasn't drafted by the chiefs and Andy Reid? What would it look like if he got drafted by the New York Jets? We'll answer that question, come back with our Rewind 5, and then we got a lot more for you guys. So hang in there for a quick 60-second break. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine, now throw your hands up in the sky. That's right, we're live, back in action over here, you know how we do, 33 Podcasts, Nikki, Damian, and Jason in the house giving you the football knowledge, and we'll have knowledge with Nikki a little bit later. As you can tell, our music theme of the day is Kanye and... Uh, partner or whatever, but we're going with Kanye songs today. Next week, we'll see. We never know. We just pick it up where we found it, and we're going to keep it on going. So we left the last segment asking the question real quick, what would it be like if Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Jets instead of Sam Darnold? Or what if Josh Allen was on the Giants, you know, instead of Daniel Jones or whatever like that? And what if, um, I don't know, what if Sam Darnold happened to be drafted by – I don't, you know, a team like or Kansas City, you know, whatever it may be, or Tennessee or something like that. So, guys, my point was a lot of it has to do with where you land. Now, there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is, you know, neck and neck with Russell Wilson as far as who's the best quarterback in the league. And you can even throw Aaron Rodgers' name in there if you want to. But the point is, is that he went into a great situation, even sat a whole year and had Andy Reid and had time to learn and just his God-given ability went out there and did his thing. So that type of thing wouldn't happen if he were drafted by the Jets and if Adam Gase was his coach right now. So a lot has to do with Damien, is my point again, 
where you land in the draft and who's coaching you and what team you're surrounded by. And franchises make a difference. You know, if you get drafted by Pittsburgh, you're pretty happy because, you know, you're going to a solid organization. If you get drafted by the Bengals, you're like, eh, you know what I'm saying? So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, for most players, I would say 95% of players, maybe even higher than that, the success of your career is determined by what organization you go to. Now, there's certain players who, it doesn't matter where they go, they're so special that you can see the talent regardless. Like Barry Sanders, for example. Barry Sanders yeah. was with a horrible organization his whole career, but he's so great that he's still considered one of the greatest running backs of all time, if not the greatest. But not everybody has Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor, that type of talent, Randy Moss, where it doesn't matter where they go, they're going to shine. So even though a lot of these guys are super talented, if you put a QB in the wrong situation, if he doesn't have good offensive line, like for me, I still have stock in David Carr, right? I still believe David Carr could have been a good QB if he had a decent offensive line in Houston and wasn't drafted by a, you know, a startup franchise like he was in Houston. But we don't know because that's the situation he got put in. And by the time he got a different situation, he was kind of done already and was kind of shell-shocked by getting hit so much. So it definitely matters a lot, like a lot, who you get drafted by. Now, of course, as a player, you have to put the work in. You have to study. Uh, we saw with other players that, if you know, you don't study. It doesn't matter what organization you're with. You don't put in the work. But your talent can only take you so far in football if you don't have the right situation around you. So with someone like Patrick Mahomes, for example, he may be one of those special talents when we see at the end of his career they could have went anywhere and shined. But the shine would be different if he wasn't in Kansas City. He would be putting up stats and wouldn't have a Super Bowl ring. Right, so if you're playing with the right. Jets, we may see him putting up 5,000 yards, but going 7-9 and nine because he only can do so much by himself. Um, so there's certain players where the talent can shine regardless, but your success as a team is on the organization and definitely can change for a young QB especially. It matters what organization you go to because that structure around you is so important. Very, very well said, man. And that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly where I'm going. Nikki, I, if you have anything to add, please, I'd love to hear it. Um, you know, what, what you think about that situation. And again, you know, what team you end up on and who you have around you means so much. And it could determine your career one way or another. And made a great point with Derek Carr. If he had gone to a different team, you know, uh, let's say, um, who knows at the time, whatever it may be, you throw out a team, there, maybe the Broncos at the time then he could have had a better career. So that's a great point. So, Nikki, what, what do you think before we get into our Rewind 5? Yeah, no, it absolutely matters. You want to talk about a bad situation. The Jets are a bad situation to be in. But like I said, um, you know, and living where I live in Jersey, we hear it's all Jets and Giants talk, and I listen to sports, you know, talk radio all the time. And – so I feel like I hear about the organizational problems more so than probably the rest of the country does. And they've really got a lot of issues, like a lot of issues. I mean, they basically listen to Manish Mineta on uh, their sports, local sports writer on their moves. I mean, it's really ridiculous. The organization is set up terribly. So like you said, yeah, can, can Patrick Mahomes? 
homes go there? Is this talent going to shine? Yeah, it is. But if you have fundamental organizational problems, you can only go so far. That's it. That's it. I mean, there's a lot more that we can go into and say about that, but that, that's a big part of it. But again, it takes nothing away from Patrick Mahomes. He is just unbelievable. He went there and because they had good players around and he came in and he did what he did, they were instant champions. So there you go. So, all right. Just wanted to bring that up. But uh, let's get into our Rewind 5 over here. The first game that we got is Pittsburgh winning 38-29. to 29. Um, I know that we did our sentence real quick with them, but we're going to get into the game a little bit. Just digging a little bit more. Ben looked great. Like like you said before, you know, uh, Chase Claypool, amazing. And you know what's really funny, guys? In, in our fantasy league, I picked him up before the game. Like, eh, maybe I should play him because I had a few players that were on buys or whatever it was. And I didn't play him. The guy puts up 40 points. Unbelievable. So they win 38-29, Damian. Um, do you, did you see anything better in in the Philadelphia Eagles that make you think that, hmm, you know, maybe they can actually be a contender in this division? Well, this division, yeah, for sure. For that, yeah, poor, that was a poorly, poorly question. But let's say in the NFC conference. Giants are still a contender, Jay. Yeah, true. So is Washington. You're right. We're still like two games behind. Let's make it more. Let's make it more broad. Do they? Would they have a chance with the way that they're going now? Because they look like they're on the uptick. That they could sneak in, have a good record, and maybe you know end up you know making the playoffs and doing something in it. They could win this division, like Nikki says, so trash that the Giants still have a legit chance. Like they, they go on like a three game winning streak, get right there in it. Um, so that's the chance they have. But as far as being a real team to make some real noise and be a Super Bowl contender, I don't see it. Um, they're still too depleted, and you know their wide receiver core, uh, their defense was just getting marched all over. You know that's why Chase Claypool was able to have a career day against that defense. I think that. Um, Pittsburgh maybe took them a little bit lightly, and that's why you saw Philadelphia score so much. But I still don't see Philadelphia as a true contender. Okay, okay, Nikki, and you know uh, Philadelphia very well. Um, you know, seeing what they were able to do in Pittsburgh, um, you know, do you think that they're more of a threat now? To, uh, you know, to the NFC conference in general, or you still got to wait and see a few more of these games. Yeah, no, I think you got to wait and see. I mean, again, I still don't think there's much of a difference. Probably going to come down to Dallas and if the Eagles can get somewhat on a roll here. But I, I mean, I don't think they're going to do much. I don't – they struggle. You know, they really do struggle. But, hey, credit to the Steelers' defense. That is a tough defense to play. They sacked Wentz five times. They held Philly to 100 yards rushing. So, you know, they're a tough team. I don't think that you can gauge – maybe how good you are by playing the Steelers because they're really tough. But, yeah. boy, I don't know, guys. The Steelers, could they be 13-3, and 14-2? I mean, yeah. they look really good. I, yeah, they do, Damien. I, I, they look fantastic right now, and I think they're just going to get better as long as Ben stays healthy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely can see them being one of those teams to go 13-3, and 14-2 in the AFC. Um, making it really, really crowded there in the AFC North. Yep. So we'll see going forward, but they're definitely one of those teams that Yeah, I'm with you over there, no doubt. All right, let's hit up our next game real quick. We got Vegas, again, 40 to 32 over the Chiefs, and they say you got to score at least 30 points to beat the Chiefs, and the Raiders put up 40, like we talked about, 
And again, Derek Carr looked great. Um, they did a lot of second-half adjustments. I watched a lot of that game. They came out in the second half. They were better on defense. They were even better on offense when they came out. So they got guys. They can play. And they got a good offensive line, which is very helpful. You know, Trent Williams over there at right tackle. He should be at left, but that's another story. Anyway, so – and look, Josh Jacobs is as good as you get at running back, you know. He may not catch it out of the backfield as much as others, but – He's as good as he gets. So they're a good team, and they could get better and better, but they're also in, you know, kind of a tough division. So we'll see going forward. But that was a that was a signature win for that team, Damian. So, you know, my hat's off to them. And I got to scratch my head a little bit with Kansas City because they have not really looked themselves except for the Baltimore game. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, but for Las Vegas, I think this is a turning point win for them. We've seen them play well. They played well against my Saints on Monday Night Football in week two. But then they laid an egg against New England. I think this type of win against New England, against Kansas City, excuse me, is Derek Carr's first time winning in Arrowhead. Uh, the way that they won the game, you mentioned how in the first half, both teams were just going up and down the field. But the fact that Las Vegas offense was able to go blow to blow with Kansas City and stay with them in the first half, and then the second half had the defense make the adjustments to slow them down, and only Kansas City only scored eight points in the second half, so for them to slow them down in that type of way is major, right? You don't normally yeah. see that happen to a Kansas City offense, and for Vegas, Carr, his biggest thing, the biggest thing he's complaining about with Derek Carr is not going down the field, and that was not the case against Kansas City. If he's able to have that confidence going forward to go down the field and trust in Harry Ruggs to make some of the unbelievable catches that he made, trusting Darren Waller, who's an absolute monster, Nelson Aguilar, who I'm pretty sure Philadelphia fans are upset when they see this guy just catching all the time. I know, right? In Vegas. <laughs> um, so I think Vegas, I think this, they'll look back at this win as a point in their season where they really believed that they are a true playoff, a playoff contender and a true team to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's a total confidence builder, Nikki, for, for the Raiders in this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. You want to talk about momentum? I mean, you beat the Chiefs, like, you're riding high. I felt like the Raiders looked a little Chiefs-esque, you know? Like, they, I thought they matched them pretty well. They looked a little Chiefs-esque to me. It was a great game, and Derek Carr looked fantastic. So credit to the Raiders. They played their asses off, and they handled their business. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. Yep, but hats off to the Raiders, no doubt. So, We'll see if, they, if if this was a fluke or they can keep this stuff going. Uh, we want to break down Seattle, Minnesota a little bit more. And in particular, guys, the one play where Coach Zimmer, again, could have kicked a field goal to go up by eight points with, you know, only a, a minute, whatever, change on the clock, okay? Um, decides to go forward on fourth and one. They don't get it. Now they're up by only six. Okay, so Russell Wilson has to go score a touchdown. You think he's not going to do that? You think Aaron Rodgers is not going to do that? Pat Mahomes is not going to do that? They're going to get the job done. Russell Wilson took him down, scored a touchdown, and that's how you win the game. So I, I, I can appreciate trying to put the game away, but sometimes from a logical standpoint of view, you got to say it's raining the hell out of here. We've done some pretty good things on defense. We can hold them. You know, hopefully if we can't, you know, if they get the touchdown, then they still have to get a two-point conversion. So they got to do two huge things, which is basically like two touchdowns in order to just tie the game. 
and you're ensuring that you're not going to lose. So that logic, I don't say it's playing it safe, guys. I think that's playing it smart. Let's go up by eight points. There's no way that they can come down the field. And even if they score a touchdown and a two-point conversion, we're still tied. And we go to overtime or whatever happens. So I don't like the decision, Damian. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Well, for me, I went the opposite way. I did like the decision to go for it on fourth and one. So when you look at the game, they were able to run the ball pretty much at will throughout this game. Yeah. Yeah. Both Cook and Madison had success running the ball. And when you watch the play, Madison kind of had a tunnel vision for that particular hole. If he bounces it either way, he can get that one yard. Uh, But it was a great play by Seattle's defense as well. So I'm not mad at it because if you make that first down and you continue driving, you can score a touchdown and really put the game away for sure. Now, when you take that field goal, you still got Russell Wilson with a chance to get a touchdown at two-point conversion. So you really doubt Russell Wilson getting that touchdown at two points. Now, of course, you still get overtime after you do that. But why not put the game away away? where they don't really have a chance to do it. It just didn't work out in their favor this time. But I'm not going to be mad at a coach for being aggressive. And I'm not mad at the point in where they were on the field either. Like, if they were on their own side of the field, of course you wouldn't try that. It would be stupid to try it then because then you're just basically giving away a touchdown. Right. But at that position, I'm not mad at the play call. I hear you. Uh, And maybe Nicky would be the tiebreaker. I understand what you're saying. And normally... I would probably go the way that you're going, but not in this game because it was much harder to get the ball downfield. Uh, it was pouring all night long, and you know the players were tired, obviously. So I don't know. I, I'm just trying to play the statistics over here and think about you know what the best odds were. And to me, I, w- I would have kicked that field goal. And again, you know what? The field goal is not guaranteed either, but it was a chip shot for the most part. So that's the way I would have went, Nikki. Um, what do you think in this type of situation? And, uh, you know, especially the players given and Russell Wilson, knowing that no matter what happens, he's going to come back and score a touchdown. Well, future MVP, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yes. No, but you know what? I, I, I'm not mad at the play ball either. But, and here's why. Because, like you said, the Vikings ground game was on point and their defense like, they kind of kept Russell Wilson at, like, a simmer instead of a full boil. So, I I get it. I, I understand the play call. I get it. I'm not mad at it. I like to see a little aggressive play calling here and there. Like, had this game been, you know, totally different and the Vikings just look, like, completely, you know, out of it, I wouldn't understand it. But I get it. And, um... I'm not mad at it, but of course, you know, Russell Wilson's going to go down and score. So you have to be mindful of that, too. And I guess that's what what Zimmer was thinking, that they're going to go down and score. So we might as well try to do it now. I, I can under, again, I can understand that there's no doubt. And I do like aggressiveness, but I just, again, I thought the conditions, again, with all the rain and whatnot, I don't want to repeat myself, but that's why in this situation with these two teams in that particular point, I definitely would have kicked the field goal. And again, nothing is guaranteed. We don't know. So it's an argument uh, that hindsight is twenty twenty right now. It doesn't matter. Seattle ends up winning the football game. And that's why Russell Wilson is the MVP over Aaron Rodgers uh, at this point is because he has to overcome statistically the worst defense in football. That's the Seahawks. Statistically, they are the worst defense in the NFL. 
So Russell Wilson has to overcome all that on offense. And DK Metcalf has stepped up tremendous. What a combination. So that game, very interesting. Uh, Minnesota still uh, having their issues over there. Cleveland, again, has turned it around. They got their butts kicked in week one. But ever since, they've been winning. They're 4-1 now, guys. And I told you that, you know, again, nothing is written in stone. We don't know if they're going to the playoffs. But I told you this is the first time that I was on their bandwagon. And I think that they were going to do well. They're 4-1 and one now. They beat Indy and that defense. Again, I mentioned Indy was the top defense in the league. Cleveland puts up 32 on them. They beat a quality opponent, and they do it by running. They do it without Nick Chubb. So, Damian, what do you think about this game? Uh, Cleveland definitely looks really good. Um, they are someone who I'm still, because they're the Browns, like uh, Nicky said earlier, you're, conscious, you're going to be consciously optimistic. But yeah. they definitely have a lot of pieces there. They look really good. For the Colts, they have everything you need except a QB. And I think their QB is on the bench. I think Jacob Brissett is the perfect QB for this type of talent. When you have a great defense, a really good running game, you just need your quarterback to manage the game and not make mistakes and have a strong enough arm to make certain throws. Jacob Brissett needs to come in Philip Rivers. Rivers has had a great career. Um, I think that, you know, I know that some people think he's Hall of Fame worthy. Some people like Nikki do not believe he's Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> but, um, but he's had a very good career. But I think that career, it's time for him to, it's time for him to come to the end. It's time for him to face the music when it comes to raising those 10 kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this could be it for for Philip Rivers after this season, especially if he finishes on the bench. I, I goodness, but... Yeah, that'd be a tough one to see for a guy who couldn't quite get that Super Bowl in that class of uh, 2004. Nikki, your thoughts on this game, quick. Um, yeah, no, I think Indy, like, they pretty much shut down Cleveland's run game. But Baker Mayfield, he still led them to victory despite the struggling run game. But Indy, is a re- their defense is pretty good. Um, as for Cleveland, I don't know. Is this losing culture finally turning around? It looks like they got a little bit of a spark. I'm not on your bandwagon and your train yet, Jay. My <laughs> ticket, you know, to board in a few weeks, but I'm going week by week with this team, and, and we'll see. We will see. Right. We'll see. Again, I'm not, not flipping. We'll see. <laughs> can, I, can I do me uh, my own Nas with Nikki impression? Oh, I'd love to hear it. So what year was the last time the Cleveland Browns were 4-1? and one? Oh. Wow. Um, I think... I think I may have seen this. I, th- I think it's 94. You have a guess, Nikki? Um, okay, no, not really. But, okay, let's go uh, 92. <laughs> it was 94. Oh, right. Were, yeah, 94, and they were coached by the the famous Bill Belichick. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh. That's right. That's right. That's where he started his head coaching That's a career. Good omen for knowledge with Nikki. Yeah. Have a good week then. <laughs> right? Look, I look at it from a positive side, no doubt. Yeah, I, I remember I hearing that somewhere, so I had it in the back of my head. All right, uh, good stuff. Let's get the last game in real quick. We had the Thursday night game, which, uh, you know, it's already been so long already, but Chicago beats Brady and Tampa 20 to 19. And, uh, 
what do you think, guys, about Brady yelling at his teammates over there? You know, like, do you think that's the right thing to do on a new team so early in the season? I want, I want uh, both because there's not much to talk about with the game. You know, the game happened; it's already a week ago. So, as far as that goes, what do you think, uh, Damian, about Brady? You know, again, publicly yelling at his offensive linemen or receivers or whatever it may be. Um, I think he gets away with it because he's Tom Brady. So it's okay. not much, even as a new team, that you can say. You can't say, oh, this guy's new. He doesn't know what, how it goes down around here. He just has to point to his six fingers, right? So <laughs> he, can, he, he gets away with doing Yeah, all four. <laughs> but he, he gets away with doing that. Um, and for me, that wouldn't be my style as a leader. Like, I've been a quarterback on the black football teams, right? And, yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yell at my teammates. You know, you, I'm more of the, let me talk to you, let me show you what happened. But we also all get emotional, right? You know, I play basketball at a high level. And you have emotional times where you yell at somebody for, you know, not calling out the pick or for not playing defense well enough. So you're going to have moments like that when you get competitive and you yell at your teammates. But it shouldn't be a berating of your teammates. That's where the line can get crossed, where you feel like you're just – embarrassing that person on national TV when you could get a, the message across in a much different way. And to mention to Nikki's joke about the floor, admit it, you didn't know the down, bro. You didn't know the down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just admit it, okay? We saw you hold up four fingers asking, you know, where's the next down? Because you wouldn't have made that throw. The throw you made was right. the third down. I'm going to be aggressive on his down type throw. If you knew it was four and five, you would have checked it down to the open running back. We know what would have happened, so you didn't know what Donnie was. No, nope, he did not know, and everybody makes mistakes, and you you have to admit it sometimes. Just stand up and be like, "All right, man, I didn't know. You know, I screwed up." And he really screwed up. <laughs> he really screwed up bad in that one. Yeah, and our Nikki, your last thoughts on this last game over here? Yeah, I would just like to thank Tom Brady for the new meme because we needed that. So. <laughs> I, that's a that's a good question. That's a great question. You know what? When he was golfing with uh, Tiger Woods and Peyton and Phil Mickelson, he said somebody said uh, somebody was a, a, a Falcons fan and said, "Oh, I shouldn't say something with, about Falcons in front of you, or whatever." Because those aren't the birds that scare me. The Eagles are the birds that scare me. So I would have to say he's more frightened, maybe of Falls. Amazing how Falls in Chicago <laughs> be. It's his worst nightmare all of a sudden now that Eli is gone. It's amazing. So funny. That really is hysterical. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good question. I would have to go with um, Nick Foles just because it's more recent. And also, I'm pretty sure he's still seeing Khalil Mack in his dreams. Khalil Mack was a monster in that game. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Good question. I like that. Let's get to another question before we uh, get to our next segment. And this is going to get into Mount Player Player. We want to know what constitutes a rivalry. What's our definition of it? And then we're going to give our top four NFL rivalries of all time. And we can see it whatever way we see it. So, guys, for me, it's kind of simple. I break it down like this. For any significant period of time where both teams are on top and in the win-loss record, they're always doing really well and they're always close to each other. There's timeless rivalries like the Cowboys and Giants. Then there are newer rivalries like perhaps the 49ers and Seahawks, something like that. So it's 
where do you want to go and how deep and how long? To me, there's got to be definitely longevity, and both teams have to be, you know, at the top of their divisions or if they're in the same division. Obviously, they have to be fighting it out every year for the top of the division, neck and neck. That's the way I think of it, Nikki. Um, what's your, I guess, your definition, quote unquote, if you could put it into words, what constitutes a rivalry? I can put it into words. And do you know why? Because I looked up what Harvard defines as a rivalry in sport. Would you guys like to hear what it is? What is it about uh, boat racing or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a general definition. So Harvard defines rivalry in sports as a fluctuating adversarial relationship existing between two teams, players, groups, or fans gaining significance through on-field competition, on-field or off-field indices, proximity, demographic makeup, and or historical occurrences. Wow. Well, okay. That's pretty well defined right there. And a lot of that makes sense. Proximity is definitely a key to it. There's no doubt. That's very interesting. What do you think about that, Damien? Yeah, I think that definition definitely sums it up perfectly. Uh, you get division rivals make a lot of sense because they play each other so much that you get very familiar with each other. And certain plays aren't going to work anymore. Certain tricks aren't going to work anymore. It just becomes mano y mano. I think that's when you get the real robberies. Like in basketball, for example, you get real robberies when teams play against each other a lot in the playoffs because you're playing against each other five, six, seven times in a row. And you get very familiar with each other. You get tired of this guy sweating on you all day. <laughs> or you get tired of this guy pushing you all the time. And next thing you know, this, these two teams meet each other two, three years in a row. And you have, like, the Detroit Pistons and the Chicago Bulls back in the day before Jordan got over the hump. That was a rivalry. Or you have the Knicks and the Bulls, right, where you see James get physical. And the most more recently, you had the Gold State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers that saw each other four straight times in the finals. Right. Those type of rivalries are the best ones where those weren't even developed by familiarity. It just was two teams are the best trying to get a championship. I think those type of rivalries always stand out to me as well. Yeah, and there are just some automatic rivalries, like you said, in-division rivalries, like, you know, New England and the Jets is always going to be a rivalry. It may not be, you know, lifted on top of everything, but that, you know, above in the top four in our Mount Player player, but that's a significant rivalry. It is, and, you know, they – Again, there's different ways of constituting it and going through it and what exactly it means. But basically, to me, again, there has to be longevity to it, and both teams need to win. It definitely can't be one-sided, Nikki. That's for sure. No, it can't be one-sided. And I think longevity is important because, like I told you guys when I was listening to the new ESPN morning show a couple weeks that week that Kansas City and Baltimore played each other, they got into this debate about what is a rivalry. And, you know, they were saying, like, okay, the media is pushing Mahomes versus Jackson because they want to sell the game. Well, yeah, because how long has that actually been? Is that a true rivalry? And then they made the comparison, you know, to Duke, Maryland and college basketball. Like, that wasn't one, but they had just kept playing each other, kept seeing each other, kept seeing each other. So it becomes one. So, right. Yeah, I think definitely longevity is plays a huge part. And if you look at Baltimore, Kansas City, well, Kansas City's beaten them every time. So I, I don't know. To me, that doesn't count. You know. I, I would ag- I would agree with that definitely. Uh, yeah, Damian, uh, we we have uh, twenty 
20 seconds over here, but I would say, yeah, of course, look, a rivalry is not a rivalry unless, you know, one team is winning, the other team is winning, you know, back and forth, maybe a couple of years for this one, a couple of years for that one. So you got to have that mixed in. Yeah, exactly. It's not a rivalry if one team is winning. Right. One team being bullied. Right. Exactly right. So maybe at the moment, Kansas City and Vegas, you thought before this weekend wasn't a rivalry, but maybe it will. Maybe it'll re-rival itself. We'll see. And we're going to come back with our top four rivalries. Mount Playa Playa action coming through in 30 seconds. Hang in there. Don't you go nowhere. Diamonds are forever They won't leave in the night I've no fear that they might desert me Diamonds are forever Throw your diamonds in the sky if you feel the vibe The rock is still alive every time I rhyme and we jamming back here on the third and three podcast where we kick your ass football all night long. I know you love it. You listen. Thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate the sports column and anchor radio. Appreciate you guys. Again, all your listeners out there backing up third and three podcast. We love you for it. And you know that we follow back. So make sure you give a follow to at third and three podcast on Twitter. We can hook up there. You may be planning on having some guests later on during the uh, during the season. So hit us up. Let us know. We'll chat. We'll get you stuff in on the show. We love debating, talking and all that great stuff. So let's continue all that great stuff that we've been doing, guys. We're about ready to get into Mount Player Player and our top rivalries in the NFL in football. And it's always a great conversation, and it can change from decade to decade even. So let's get into it, guys. Here we go. Um, I wrote down a bunch because in case we wrote some of the same ones, you never know. So let's see. Nikki, would you like to start us off with your, if you want to go number four, if you want to go number one, any way you'd like to take it. In Mount Player Player, top four rivalries. The floor is yours. Okay. I'm sure it's not going to surprise anybody. (laughs) (laughs) It is the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Okay. And I actually had said that just before, which you probably heard about old rivalries. And that is one of them. Nikki, go ahead. Yeah. No, but that's exactly why I like this rivalry, because I like the history of it. You want to talk about longevity, uh, the true inception of it, it starts with the betrayal of Tom Landry, right? Or the perception of betrayal. So mm. Landry, drafted by the Giants, plays successfully for the Giants, eventually coaches the Giants. Cowboys start their franchise 1960. Landry leaves New York to become the head coach in Dallas. Like, right there is like... Uh-uh, done with you, that's it, you're swimming with the fishes, right? That's how close <laughs> here, sorry, forget about it. So, Landry goes on and coached 29 seasons, winning five NFC championships, two Super Bowls during that time. His record against the Giants, 35-17-2, and two, okay? Now, New York gains, we gained some momentum against Dallas in recent years, 
But then we've also won two Super Bowls at that time. So in Dallas lately, they haven't gotten to the big dance. So these teams know each other very well. There's a storied history past, and it burns deep when I tell you the players hate each other. Eli Manning signed his name and autograph in their brand new locker room. Like, the fans hate each other. I can't stand this team. They can't stand us. This is my number one. Wow. Yep. Uh, uh, Damien, I just heard a lot of passion, and you know what? You can go in a lot of directions. Uh, you know, the NFC East is a long storied rivalry, like a few other divisions, no doubt. So I'm not going to argue with your number one. And because especially it hits home for you. So why wouldn't it be a number one? And take bias out of it. That's that's a huge rivalry. And it always is every time they play, Damien. Yeah, no, I definitely can't argue against that one. I love the explanation of it and the history of it. And the reason that, you know, that game is the number one game on CBS, even though both teams suck, it's something that you can't be denied when you talk about that rivalry. Yeah, Nikki just dropped some knowledge uh, before knowledge with Nikki, so watch out. Could get tough over there. That was very good. Well done, Nikki. All right, Damien, why don't you go next, my friend? Uh, I didn't put them in a particular order, but this is the first one that came to mind for me was the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great rivalry. You talk about a history. They've been going at it since the beginning of the league. And you got to think about the total opposites that these teams are, right? So you think about the history of the Packers. You have Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi. The trophy is named after Vince Lombardi. Um, the Packers go through some down years. Then they get this guy named Brett Favre. Then they get a guy named Aaron Rodgers. They've always had good quarterbacks for the most part throughout their history and they have these multiple championships and they just go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer and then for the Bears I'm still waiting for them to get a good QB like they've never (laughs) had a quarterback in their history and I'm pretty sure it just grinds their gears that Packers fans just get spoiled they go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers with pretty much no gap in between and they just Adds fuel to the fire of that rivalry. Uh, one of my favorite moments of this rivalry is that Jim McMahon, who won a Super Bowl with the famous 1985 Bears, who had probably the greatest defense of all time, definitely up there, right with the 2000 Ravens. He was a backup on the Packers team that won a Super Bowl in the 90s and wore his Bears jersey to the White House. Talk about oh, wow. being <laughs> like a defense right. rivalry and not giving up how you really feel. Like, I'll take this check for being the back of QB for you guys, but this is who I am at my heart. This is who I am at my goal. That's a real rivalry right there. If that's not the definition of a real rival, the fact that you'll take their money, be the back of QB, win a Super Bowl with them, but then wear your Bears jersey. I love that. Man, (laughs) that is totally awesome. So this is the first one that came to mind for me was Packers and Bears. You know what? They were second on my list, and I'm glad that you said them, so I'll be able to mention another one. They were number two on my list, the Bears and the Packers rivalry. And for another reason, you guys want to know their record? You ready for this? The Packers are currently ahead 99 to 95 and six ties. How much closer do you want to get, really? I mean, 99 to 95. That's four games that separate them over 100. Uh, I mean, over 200 games. That's just amazing. So, yeah, that's rivalry, and that's equality in the rivalry. I love that one. 
I love that one, no doubt. Um, my number one is just it, they own the seventies. This seventies decade was smash mouth, no teeth in your mouth football. You can beat up your wide receiver on the way down the field with the Raiders and the Steelers. You knew that either the Raiders or the Steelers were coming out of the AFC uh, conference to represent in the in the Super Bowl. It was just whoever had more limbs that were you know working at the end of the freaking season because they killed each other all year long and they're not even in the same division and they were still such an unbelievable rivalry you just can't forget it you know the, the Raiders got to win a couple in the 70s Pittsburgh won four but they battled in conference championships all the time back and forth you know they couldn't play each other in the Super Bowl otherwise they probably would have met in the Super Bowl eight out of ten years or something like that but they were constant playoff battles, AFC championships, and the Raiders got the better of them sometimes and the Steelers got the better of them sometimes. But they were 70s football, 70s NFL football were the Raiders and the Steelers. So that was the number one that came to my mind, guys. Um, I know it's going back a little history, obviously. So while we may not know as many of the names of players on the team, they certainly constitute everything that has to do with it. So, Nikki, you gave us your four last time. Why don't you give us your number three? Okay, my number three. Oh no, I gave you my one. Oh, you did give one. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Hold on. Let me give you my two. Okay, I'm keeping it in the family, so to speak. Mine is Tom Brady versus the Manning family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, initially sparked by Peyton, right, and finish off by Eli. So, even though Peyton, statistically, I will guess, is the best to ever play the game, better brother at playing the game, he just could never seem to get to Brady, right? Just not until that 2006 AFC Championship game. Oh, but then here comes little brother Eli to finish him off in 08 and 12, cementing his name among the best in winners in history and probably the Hall of Fame. And I bet you Brady still has nightmares of these two. Well, look, they were number four on my list, Damian. Colts first Patriots for more than 10 years. They were a solid rivalry. One of them were going to the Super Bowl. Same thing in the AFC conference over there with them. And in the beginning, it wasn't a rivalry. New England had the better of them. But like Nikki had said, you know, they turned it around in the mid-2000s. And that game where the where uh, New England went for a fourth and two in their own uh, unlike their own like twenty five yard line or whatever the heck it was and missed it. That's when the Colts started to turn things around and maybe get on top of the Patriots a little bit. So that was definitely a true rivalry, and they were number four on my list. So two two of them you guys took already from me. Yeah, no, that's definitely a great one right there, and so many great games that you could think of and also the mental battle between Peyton Manning and the offense of the Colts going against Belichick and that defense. So many times where you see Peyton Manning checking out certain things or doing audibles and you're seeing the Patriots being able to match the audible and knowing exactly where it's going to go. It's football that's behind us, man. And one of the reasons that they're trying to market Lamar Jackson versus Mahomes in this way is because we need a new matchup like this in football. And hopefully Lamar Jackson and Mahomes can be that, or maybe Wilson and someone else. 
but you know Wilson Rogers for as long as Rogers has left. But you, I don't know if you're ever going to get two of the Mount Rushmore guys at the same time. Yep. Going against people like this again. So this was definitely special. Yes, it was. It was so special, and I'm so glad that we got the sword, and we'll tell our grandkids about it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, you guys have already stolen my two and my four. I gave you my one is the Raiders Steelers. Um, let me, I'm going to have to put in other ones that I didn't want to. I, I'm going to save one of my favorites for later. Hopefully you guys don't say it, but I'm going to go with Baltimore Pittsburgh over the last 20 years. If just going from the year 2000, when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and then Pittsburgh was coming back, they won a Super Bowl a few years later and a few years before that Ravens win another one, you know, later on Pittsburgh wins two more. Uh, loses another one against Aaron Rodgers. But they were always fighting. And you talk about a division rivalry, bam, right there. If it was Pittsburgh, Baltimore, you knew the score was going to be 17 to 14. One of the teams were going to win, and there was going to be a lot of stretchers, and there was going to be a lot of hidden and hitting and really true hatred between these teams. When they got on the field together, they were almost mirror images of each other. Um, you know, the, with the way they play football and whatnot, everything's smash mouth. And they're still continuing it now. Baltimore in a new regime. Pittsburgh will have a new quarterback eventually, but they're still going at it in the division to this day. So for 20 years, Baltimore and Pittsburgh have been killing it. And it's been because of their defenses predominantly. So that's why I had them in there on, you know, the lower part of my list. But I definitely stick them in there, guys. What do you think, Damian? No, that's a great one. I was on my list. I love the physicality of those matchups. Um, just watching like NFL films, you just just you close your eyes and see Ray Lewis running into Jerome Bettis. Yeah, and just like, the car collision that that was. It used to be, and you know, even with Le'Veon Bell going against those Raven defenses, it's yeah, it was a great rivalry. But it still is. Like this this year is going to be a very physical game. It's still two guys going against each other. And it's going to be for the division. You know, Cleveland doesn't have something to say about it. So it's still a great rivalry. It's one that, whenever you watch those games, you know it's going to be just a slugfest. Yep. A slugfest. It wasn't going to be pretty. It wasn't going to be, you know, 35, 32. It was going to be a slugfest. You know, it seemed like they were playing in the rain, even if it was sunny and 75 degrees outside. <laughs> like, it was, it was going to be a slugfest, regardless of the weather or the conditions outside. That's right. Didn't make a difference one way or another. And uh, I know that you know, uh, Nikki, as well, Troy Palomalu. You got Ed Reed on the other side. It was just a fantastic rivalry that still is going. And let's see how many more years it can do with that. Nikki, let's get your three now, I believe we're up to, since you guys are still... Oh, Damien, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's get to you, my, my friend. Let's get to your... What are you up to? Your, which number? Number two. Number two. Okay, number two. All right. So, for this one, I had to bring it home. Saints, Falcons. That's fair. I know. That's just, fair. <laughs> no, it's, fa- it's fair because it hits it home. No, I was saying it's a t- it's totally fair because it hits it hits home for you. So it's a totally fair one. Absolutely. Yeah, and it doesn't get the national attention that I think it deserves. But when you talk to a Saints fan, you talk to a Falcons fan, you can hear the hate in their voice for the team. There's a reason that each and every week that the Saints or that the Falcons lose, excuse me, I get joy in my heart. to my soul when the Falcons lose when they're doing bad Um, one thing that Falcons fans hate is that we have a Super Bowl and they don't so 
Belichick yeah. had that trump card to say, we have a Super Bowl ring. You guys had it in the bag and let go of a 23 lead. Yep. The bag, say that to them. Burns their soul. It's an ether that eats at them. And, we can that. Um, and when you look at this rivalry all time, the Falcons do lead it. I hate to admit that all time. They're by four wins. That's 53 to 49 all time. And this rivalry really got amplified after Hurricane Katrina. After Hurricane Katrina, a lot of people from New Orleans moved to Georgia, moved to Atlanta. So there's a lot of Saints fans that were in Atlanta's territory. Mm. So when you go to an Atlanta game, you see a lot of Saints fans. Now when you go to a Saints game, a lot of Falcons fans have travel to that game. And the trash talk is amazing at the tailgate at these games. And it's just a, such a good rivalry. And it's one that I think doesn't get the national attention that it deserves. But it's definitely up there when you talk about just... Because it doesn't matter what the records are. Last year proved that. Falcons were horrible for, you know, the first half of the year. They look like one of the best teams in the league. And then we go and Atlanta comes into New Orleans and snatches us. It truly doesn't matter. Even this year, we have Atlanta looking horrible. I'm still going to be nervous about that game because Atlanta's going to show up when they play against the Saints. Yeah. And that's what a true rivalry is. Like when even if your team isn't good, if you get that one win... They go one in fifteen. They're gonna be happy about beating the Saints. Yeah, no be doubt. Talking, just bragging to me about how we only got one win. And it was over you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that we do not let that happen this year to us, and we get the one team that they beat. But it's a true rivalry. There's true hate in the heart. There's a reason why I have so much joy in my heart that they're zero and five right now because the rivalry is real. Yeah, well, the rivalry is going to be going nowhere, uh, to be honest with you, for a few years. Atlanta Falcons are going to have to reload big time with what's going on. Quarterback, defense, you name it, everything. Cannot get a win. Unbelievable. All right, Nikki, give us your next one. Yeah, my three um, was the same. I had the Ravens and the Steelers. So just to quickly right. jump on that, if everybody knows, uh, well, if you listen to the show, if you don't, I am married to a diehard Ravens fan, and my neighbor is a Steelers fan, and my husband gets so pissed off every time we leave the house having to look at this stupid, they have the stupid, like, we don't have, I live in a townhouse currently, and we don't have lawns, so we just have, like, driveways, but they have this stupid, like, little, like, figurine out on the porch with, like, the flag and the whole deal, and he just wants to smash it every time he <laughs> it. And, like, our neighbor's kids are always out playing. They always have to wear their Roethlisberger jersey. Let me tell you, I've been to many um, bars in Maryland watching these games. Like, the hatred is freaking real, you guys. Like, I, I, I know. I get it. I hate the Cowboys. Like Ravens and Steelers hate each other. Like Saints and Falcons. So, that's my number three. Like you guys said, it's always like they just beat the hell out of each other every single game. Um, but yeah, having seen that hatred in person, I definitely had to get on my list. I like that. I like that. Really bringing it home. You got to tell them what to do is replace the the uh, Seattle flag with a Baltimore flag, play a joke on them, and let it be a running joke all season long. That'll just start it up and let it go. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, thankfully, we're moving in a few days. So, no, I watch it. <laughs> Well, now's the perfect time, then. Leave him with uh, something to remember you by. There you go. (laughs) All right, I'm going to give you my last one because you guys uh, said a a bunch of mine already. So my last one is, and 
again, when you talk about personal bias, bringing it home, 49ers and Cowboys, all my youth, not now really, obviously, but all my youth, they were an incredible rivalry. They didn't play in the same division. It all started when Joe Montana hit Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone in 1981 in the NFC Championship where the Niners beat the Cowboys. That rivalry started then. It moved into the, especially the early early and mid-90s where both of them were still fighting for Super Bowls. Dallas got a few. The Niners picked up one with George Seifert and Steve Young and, of course, got uh, four more with Joe Montana. And they were, it was every year, who's going to the championship? Is it going to be Dallas or is it going to be the 49ers? And then Green Bay got in there with Favre, you know, a little bit later in the 90s and stuck his nose into things. But the 49ers and Cowboys have a legit rivalry forever. It's not there right now. It's taking a break at the moment, you know, unfortunately, especially from my side. But, um, yeah, anybody who's a 49er fan or a Cowboy fan knows that there is true hatred uh, between these teams. and. That in you know, I, I'm again not a Dallas Cowboy fan at all, never will be, but it did break my heart seeing uh Dak Prescott go out there on that stretcher, man. That was a killer, but uh, that's another aside over there. So that's my the last one because uh, we named all the other good ones that I had up there. I had a few extra on the side, but Damien, let's see your next one. Yeah, no, I agree with that one. Uh, San Francisco and Dallas. Uh, it's that one was a major rivalry in the '90s there, and you got to remember prime time going to San Francisco after being in Atlanta for all those years, mm, yeah. and then just leaving San Francisco to go to Dallas. And that definitely added to the rivalry as well as San Francisco won Super Bowl with him, and then went to Dallas and they won another one. So no doubt, when you think about the '90s, that's definitely the rivalry of the '90s, in my opinion, in football. Um, there's so many good rivalries in the NFL. We're just looking at the landscape of it. Uh, another one that I wrote down was Dallas and Philly. Yeah, for sure. When you know those two teams that hate each other. You have the you have some really some moments that went over the line, like when they cheered when Michael Irving got hurt on that horrible turf that they uh, have yeah. in Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> so you have some real moments there between those two teams where the hatred is truly real, like truly real between those two teams. I, just like the Giants and Cowboys, that, you know, Nikki has that hatred that just pours out of her pure pores for the Cowboys. <laughs> I think <laughs> really has that same type of hate for the Cowboys and vice versa. And I think that's a really good one as well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. There's no doubt they've had rivalry for a very, very long time. And you can remember the uh, Miracle in Meadowlands, Herman Edwards picking up that ball on a fumbled snap uh, against the Giants and Eagles win that game. And ever since that game, quarterbacks have now taken a knee as opposed to handing off to not have that type of play happen again. That's the reason why that happened. Herman Edwards. What, what baby? I love it. Herm doing his thing. All right. Uh, Nikki. I, play to win the game. Yep. That's right. Play to win the game. He didn't stop playing. He picked up that ball and he was running, man. Unbelievable. What a great moment. What a great moment. All right. Like I said, I'm out. Nikki, you got another one, right? Yep, I got one more, but my really my takeaway from this is that everybody hates the Cowboys. And I yeah. love <laughs> You love them or hate them. There's no one in between. Um, this one's more recent, okay, I guess in the grand scheme of, you know, you want to talk about longevity. But um, real quick, I just uh, see Adel and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jay, but that is um, it's a pretty damn good one. I feel like maybe 2 that kind of started heating up. Um. You guys had a little bit of suckage <laughs> yes. for a few years after that, but here 
comes uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? His brash style of coaching, add a little spice to this, so then we heat back up again. Here come the Seahawks, and I think it's been pretty intense. Like 2012, 13, 14 was a hell of a few years for you guys. Um, but I just think that this is going to be quite the rivalry going forward and usually highly entertaining games. Lately. Uh, look, you're definitely right because I was going to put them on there. But again, I didn't want to go too biased because it was doing four. But you're right because I have pure hatred for Seattle. I, I do. I hate them as much as I can love Russell Wilson as a person. I can't stand him on the field driving me crazy, the freaking MVP that he's going to be. So absolutely feel that way, and it is a real thing. You're right. Ever since Harbaugh got there and changed things around, and now that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are doing the same thing, Pete Carroll's still over there acting like a kid. Yeah, this is a rivalry that's going to go on for a while. I, I agree. These are franchises that are not going to let their fans down anymore. They need to be on top from here on out. And uh, that's going to happen with Seattle for a long time. And I believe that the 49ers can still do that, whether it's with Jimmy G or without. So I think it's a great one. Definitely. Do. Oh man, great rivalry. Gave us one of the best viral moments of all time with Richard Sherman scaring Aaron Andrews because he was so hyped after that. Meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I love it. That is, that is. All right. Uh, D, I think we're up to your last one. Uh, you guys took all mine, so I uh, I am done with my uh, robbery. All right. definitely a, a good Mount Player player. I enjoyed it. All right. Excellent, excellent. Mount Player player rocking and rolling. Um, we would do Knowledge with Nikki now, but we're going to save that for next segment. Let's do our freaky football fantasy draft right now, guys. Last week, Nikki won 79.8 points. She did awesome. She Who'd you have, Nikki? Who did I have? I don't remember. You don't remember? <laughs> oh. No, I took one. I Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. And Jets and uh, who else did I have? I don't remember, actually. Well, she had a pretty darn good team, and I wish I had in front of me. <laughs> I, know, I wish I did, too, actually. Let me see. Uh, let me see you, Nikki. Pick. Nikki had Kyla Murray, Mike Davis was a good call. Tyler Lockett didn't work out that well, but Arizona's defense got you 16 points. And Damian, you you could have been in it maybe a little bit longer if Dak didn't go out in that game. And um, yeah, uh, Keenan Allen got hurt early and scored a touchdown and everything. Well, off to a good start. Maybe I'll come back, but no, that didn't happen. So, <laughs> Woo, what are you gonna do? All right, so let's get it on right now, Nikki. You go last. Um, uh, I actually go first and Damien, you're in the middle. So here we go. My first guy I'm going to take, and I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. I'm going quarterback first. I want Lamar Jackson this week. I think that he's ready to have a big time week. As a matter of fact, I think that he's going to put up points with his feet and throwing the ball. He's going to be doing his thing against Philadelphia and Philadelphia may score a little bit to make him do a little bit more work. So I'll go with quarterback Lamar Jackson for my first pick. Damien, what do you get? I'm going to go quarterback as well. I'm going Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's a good pick against the Jets, especially. I like that. All right, Nikki, you're up, and you get two picks. All right. Well, I will keep it rolling with the quarterbacks. I am going to go Big Ben up against Cleveland, who has no answers on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. They, they um, could do a little bit better on the back end. That's not a bad call. But they can give up points. All right. And let me just go wide 
wide receiver. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to have a mm. nice bounce back week against that horrendous secondary of the Falcons. Yes, a horrendous secondary of the Falcons it is. Will Damien take advantage of that? What's his next pick? I was going to take Jefferson. Uh, wow. But I, um, I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. Thielen. Can we take the same or no? That- no, no. No, can't take the same. No, not the same. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Adam Thielen um, from Minnesota. I think both our teams probably have a really big day against Atlanta. Yep. Uh, you guys took two of mine off the board right there, so I hate you both for that. Thanks a lot, uh, Thielen and Jefferson <laughs> on mine. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to take for my next one. I'm going to go running back. I'm going to go John Taylor. And at wide receiver, since you guys took all my other ones, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. So I'm going to go Derrick Henry at running back, Terry McLaurin for the Washington football team at wide receiver. And Damian, that means you're up next. I do not trust the Arizona defense, so I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott, my running back. Okay, okay. Smart move. They're probably going to be working him in a little bit more also now because of Andy Dalton. I like a good call. All right, Nikki, you get to close it out with your running back and your defense. All right, my running back, I'm going to go Devin Singletary. Um, I think he's going to get a nice chunk of the passing game, too. I like this up against Kansas City. And my defense, I will take the Patriots going up against Denver. Yep, that's not a bad one right there. Makes sense. Okay, Damian, your last pick is your defense. Man, I can't even do my role this week. Normally, I go with we're playing against Washington, but it's the sorry Giants. So, for my defense, I'm going to have to go with the Colts. Go with the Colts. Wow. You guys are thinking just like me on this one. Unbelievable. Have the same things written down. All right. Um, I had Indy. I had New England. And the other one I had was Carolina. Those are my three that I wrote down. So, I'm going to take Carolina. In this, in this one, and like yeah, I, uh, oh my God, why did I pick them? They're going up against uh, uh, Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, that's why I like this one. All right, so we got it in. We got it in right there. Our fantasy football sneaky draft. We'll go back with the teams. We'll rename them when we come back from this thirty-second segment. Third and three podcast coming right back at you with knowledge, with Nikki, and more. Don't go nowhere. Third and three in the house. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of tricking. It's the place. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On top is tricky. It's tricky. 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 Yes, yes, yes. You know what that song means. It is knowledge with Nikki time. Tricky Nikki to be exact over here oh man loving this third and free podcast over here jason fearman is my name over here with tricky nikki who's going to be giving us the knowledge in a minute and the real deal damian adams make sure you catch his show he's he does a great job especially with with the videos man love what you're doing bro so before we do it before we get into uh tricky nikki knowledge with nikki our teams for this week i have lamar jackson derrick henry Tara McLaurin and Carolina's defense, Damian Scott, Fitzmagic, Zeke, Adam Thielen, and the Colts defense. Like that team, 
Nikki, you got Big Ben, Singletary for, uh, for the Bills, Justin Jefferson, and the Patriots, which is another team I like. It's amazing. The three defenses I had written down were the Patriots, the Colts, and the Panthers. So I had to go with the third one, and I'm fine with that. So those are our teams for the week. We'll see who wins as right now Rick Nikki has the trophy. We're going to move on to our week six picks in a moment, but again, you know what time it is. It is tricky Nikki time. Knowledge with Nikki. She's about to drop the knowledge on Damien and I. We're nothing but terrified, but we're ready to play the game. Don't be terrified. I kept it easy this week, and it is rival week, okay? So oh. I feel good. I think you guys will do good. I'm ready to go. And by the way, can I just say, you know what? Not many people have their own theme song, so I feel very blessed that I get my own theme song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you deserve it. You deserve it. You put in some hard work, so you absolutely deserve it. Thank you. Okay, who's up first? I think Damien's your turn to go up first. Am I wrong? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, just what was it? One more time. In 1960, this Eagles player hit Frank Gifford so hard he missed the entire 1961 season with a concussion. Chuck Bednarik. Yes. Okay, I remember. I, I remember that he was that guy for the Eagles. That's the only reason I got it. All right, pat on the back for Jay. All right, little steal action. I'm Rick, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The question one more time. I'm sorry, Nikki. Um, when Brady and Manning would face off against each other, it was always an epic game. How many of their games did Peyton Manning throw for over 300 yards? No, they made up. Um, I would say like five. Oh, get it to Damien. It was nine. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Only yeah. one away. Yep. Okay. All right. Not bad. Okay. All right, D, I got two more for you. Since 1950, UNC has scored how many more points than Duke in head-to-head matchups? Wow. Uh, that's, a, that's a great rivalry. Right, I'm going to go with probably some crazy slim number. I'm going to go with 20 points. Okay, you want to try Okay, so the question was all time between these two teams. What's the margin of victory, basically? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with 
Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Danny. It's gotta be something kind of small. Um, I'll 11. I'm giving it to Damien. It was 22. Hell yeah. Wow. All right. Nice. Damien, how many did you say? 20. Very good, man. That's good. Way to go. All right, D, you got my last one for you. Ready? Yes, ma'am. All right, here we go. The impact of fans in sports rivalries has been studied for quite some time. But in order to understand this phenomenon, you must first begin with what psychological theory? Oh, wow. Well, I was right. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so it was fans, sports, what was it again? So the impact of fans in sports rivalries has been studied for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But in order to understand this phenomenon, you must first begin with what psychological theory? Um, I would say, I don't know if this is the correct word, but biasness, being biased. Oh, okay. Okay. That's some homework for me. I gotta check that out. <laughs> All right. You know, a lot of us identify ourselves with our teams, especially the ones of us that are diehard fans like ourselves. Makes sense. Yeah, good one, it's Nick. It's actually very cool. I read a whole article on it, and it, it actually ties into this book that I was reading, like Tribal Theory, and how you kind of find your people and, like, attract likes. So it's, it's really cool, actually. Very interesting. Like Very cool. Very cool. Oh, I dig it. All right. All right. Okay. On to you. Are you ready? I sure am. All right. Score is Damien 2, J1. Here we go. Jay, in the year 2000, ESPN called this rivalry the greatest North American sports rival rivalry. What two teams are they referring to? In 2000, the greatest North American sports rivalry. Wow. Um, I I would have to say Yankees and Red Sox. No. Do you want to try? Oh, that was a good guess. Um, in 2000, I'm going to go with the greatest American rivalry pre-millennium. I'm going to go Packers Bears. Buckeyes, Wolverines. Oh, okay. Okay. Makes perfect sense. All right. Good question. All right, Jay. In what year was the game that is referred to as the body bag game played? Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh... I'm mixed up between two games right now. The year, 
was it 1985? No. Yeah. Do you want to try? Uh, I'm going to go 1980. 1990. Yeah. Uh, 90. Really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so nice. You can tell. You can <laughs> in the voice. It's so nice. Ah, that's a good question. Good question. All right, Jay. Oh my gosh. I would say three weeks. That threw me for a loop. Oof. All right. All right, Jay. Last one for you. Here we go. See if I can tie it. These two NFL teams, despite their success, are bitter rivals. Combined, they have appeared in 13 Super Bowls and won six of them. What rival am I referring to? Okay, so two teams have been in 13 Super Bowls combined. And what was the full and question? They, Just one more time. And they won, and they won six combined. Thirteen Super Bowls and won six. All right. Just do me a favor with the question one more time in full. I'm so sorry, Nick. These two NFL teams, despite their success, are bitter rivals. Combined, they have appeared in thirteen Super Bowls and won six. What rivalry am I referring to? Uh, I think you were referring to the Raiders and Steelers. Amy, you want to try? Ooh, uh, 13 and 1-6. Oh, that's 1-6. Oh, that was stupid. Pull that one out. That was good job, man. Well done. They mean had a good week. Very good. Well done. And great questions, Nikki. I like those. I like the way you did those. Excellent questions right there. Well done. All right. Damien, champion of the week. Excellent. Excellent. I got my Chuck McNarrick in there, and now I was out. <laughs> that was a, that was a, I'm pretty sure you're like the one person in the nation who knew that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid, useless knowledge that comes around once in a while when Tricky Nicky just happens to ask it. So there you go. It's the first time I've ever got to you know bring that to my head and actually spit it out with my lips. So that was a very good session of knowledge with Nicky. Round of applause as always. Well done, well done. Let's get into some more stuff, tricky stuff. We don't know who's going to win the game, but we're going to try to figure it out. Week six, here we go. Let's start it up. NFL time. 
the first game, and we've been trying to get to this game, it seems like, for two weeks now. That would be the Denver Broncos going to the New England Patriots. Damian, what do you think about this one? I'm going with New England. Uh, last week I said if Cam plays 24 to 10, it reports that Cam should play in this one. So I'm going to stick with that one. New England 24, Denver 10. New England 24 and Denver 10. All right. Nikki, what's your say? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you guys, do you know if Cam's playing? No, I don't know who the quarterback is going to well, be. Well, I'll tell you this. Here's what I'll tell you, yeah. Nikki. He's From what I hear, he's practicing Thursday. So, and he's off the COVID list. So, I, I think he's playing. I don't right. know. That's Even yeah. if he's not, I believe in Bill Belichick. So, I'm going to go Patriots 20, Denver 19. And actually, I'm going to one of my locks of the week. Oh, really? Okay. So, Nikki, locking up the Patriots. And Damien, you got the Patriots as well. And what am I going to go with? Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots. I think that cam will start i hope he does so let's make it a trifecta over there but i definitely will not lock this game in just unsure about it you never know what can happen but one of the locks for nikki all right let's keep rocking and rolling our next game on the list is the houston texans at the tennessee titans who we just saw pumble the buffalo bills uh houston's got to be a little bit afraid right now guys because i'll tell you man they look like a solid football team defensively offensively holding the bills to like what 17 points, and they shouldn't even have scored that many. Wow, Tennessee looked good, guys. Damien, what do you think? Yeah, I got to go with Tennessee to continue rolling. TFC 30, Houston 17, and that is one of my locks. Ten- okay, so Tennessee is one of your locks. All right. All right, and my score for that game, I do believe it's going to be close. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, tough. So it's going to be a 34-31 game, in my opinion. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Titans looked fresh and uh, ready to go last night. Got Tennessee twenty-eight, Houston twenty-six. I do think it'll be a close call. Yeah, I think it'd be a little. I think it'd be a little close, but Tennessee is good enough. They're a better football team all around and very well coached to be able to come out there and do what they did. That was quite amazing, really. I was in shock last night watching that. So now we got Baltimore going to Philly, Philadelphia. The Ravens, I got them winning this game 26-21. I think they'll do it'll be kind of similar to what happened with Pittsburgh. They'll stay in there for a little while, but ultimately the Ravens will score enough in the end, and Philly will be playing catch-up. So I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens in this one. What do you say, Damien? Yeah, I'm going Baltimore as well to be Philadelphia. Like I said earlier, I just don't believe in Philly at all. So I'm going Baltimore, and that is it's always locking this one in two. Okay. Two off the bat. Nikki, what do you do? Yeah, I'm going Ravens. I think their offense is just way too efficient. Baltimore 31, Philly 17. Okay. Keep it moving over here. Atlanta, the winless Atlanta going to the one win Minnesota Vikings. I think that the Vikings are going to stop the crap out of them 30, 34 to 21. A lot, a lot of passing. So that's secondary or the second string, the third string, watch out. If Dalvin Cook comes back, I, I don't know, but Madison can handle the load, obviously. He's done a very good job. So I got Vikings in a blowout, 34-21. What do you got, Damian? Yeah, I got Minnesota as well, 31-21. 31-21. And, Nikki, what are you saying? I say you never trust that guy that peaks too soon. Minnesota 29, Atlanta 27. Okay, liking it, liking it. 
Next game up is the Detroit Lions going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, and everybody's eyes are going to be on this game. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I like the Lions a lot going into this game. I think Jacksonville's number one uh, week one win was kind of flukish, you know. So Detroit, I think, is just going to muscle them up, and Matthew Stafford will do his thing and hook up with Galladay a little bit. I like the Lions 27 to 19. What do you got, D? I got Detroit as well, 2117. 2117. Okay. Oh, and I, I'm so sorry. Uh, Minnesota is a lock of mine. I forgot. I did not say that. Minnesota is my, my first lock. I apologize. Uh, Nikki, you go ahead with this game that we got over here Detroit and Jacksonville. Okay, you know what cares about? Um, yeah. Detroit 26, Jacksonville 21. Okay. All right. Yep. I definitely got that one. Uh, I think Detroit's going to beat them up. Cincinnati at Indianapolis. The Colts, after a tough loss against a good team in Cleveland, now they got Cincinnati coming in trying to prove himself. I don't think they'll be able to prove himself this week, especially if Jacoby Brissett becomes the quarterback. I think that they're that much better. Um, I don't know if they're ready to throw Phillip Rivers to the side yet, but either way, I like that team. I like Indy, and I also like to lock them up against Cincinnati. Uh, Damian, you go ahead. Yeah, I got Colts as well. Against Cincinnati, 24 to 10. 24 to 10. Okay. And Nikki? Indy, 23, Cincy, 17. Okay. So far, we're all pretty much on the same page. Let's see if it keeps rolling over here. We got up next our high five now. Let's get into our high five games so we have some team on buys. Let's do it Wait, here. We Thank you, because they just passed them on my screen. So that's good. So let's do that. Let's do Washington Giants. <laughs> Absolutely passed them on my screen. I apologize, guys. We flipped over to the other one. So, yes, uh, we do have Washington Giants. I did want to go over that with you if you wanted to in our games, Nikki, so we could save it then if you want. We'll be talking. Oh, we can save it. I ain't got much to say. And, and, the other one, and the other one I missed was what? I'm sorry. The Jets and... Jets Miami. I'm sorry about that. Jets Miami. Okay. Uh, Nikki, you're up first. What do you got? Jets Miami. Uh, I'm going to take Miami 31, Jets 23, and you can lock that in for me. And a lock it is. Miami. Fitz magic. Damien, what say you? Yes, I am on the same train as Nikki. Miami 31, Jets 14. That is my third and final lock. That's his third lock. Okay, how about it? Miami, I also got them winning this game. Uh, it'll be something in the area of 29-9. to 9. I think it's just going to be another one of those games. The Jets can't score. They can't figure it out. And now they lost their best player who didn't even want to play for them anyway. So those are week six picks, but we got high five. And we also got our teams um, as well. So we know that the Saints are off. Excuse me. So the Saints are off this week. So we'll do the Giants and the Niners. Uh, we'll do that after high five. So our first high five, guys, is Cleveland at Pittsburgh. All right. Pittsburgh undefeated, as we know. Cleveland won four in a row. This could be a really tough game uh, for Cleveland. Now they're playing a real, real tough opponent. Now one of the best in football. The Steelers are just playing great football. If the Browns don't focus 100% in this game, they will not win it. The Steelers are just 
too strong, too smart, too well coached. And Cleveland, again, they are getting better, but I think Pittsburgh is going to do a number on them and beat them up 34 to 21. And I'm going to lock it in as well. Yep. You know how much I, you know how much I'm down with Cleveland, but not in this game. Not not in this game. I think that they're going to get a taste of a little medicine and make them have to reawake again, and that might be the catalyst for them for the season. We'll see. But Damien, what do you got to say? Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I think this is going to be a good game, but Cleveland got away with some mistakes against the Colts because the Colts weren't able to take advantage of them offensively. If Baker Mayfield makes those mistakes against Pittsburgh, they will take advantage. So I got Pittsburgh winning 27 to 17. I think that Pittsburgh will be able to slow down that rush that's had. For Cleveland, force Mayfield to have to beat them. And I don't think Baker Mayfield is the type of quarterback. Yeah, yeah, them rushing. Yeah, T.J. Watt, and then you got on the on the other side. Um, God, why am I forgetting his name right now? Unbelievable, Bud Dupree. Excuse me. Yeah, them both coming off the edges. That's bad news, right there, Nikki. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think uh, emotions are gonna be running high for this game. Divisional battle. I love to see it. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is gonna have his share of big plays, but Big Ben makes bigger place. So mm-hmm. I am taking Pittsburgh 29, Cleveland 27. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Let's get on to our next high five, which are the Chicago Bears going against the surging Carolina Panthers. And look, I'm really happy for Teddy Bridgewater doing his thing right now. Uh, he's looking good. He's like, he threw for over 300 yards or last week. And I picked him up in, um, in fantasy, which worked out really well for me. I'm happy about that. I'm always rooting for this guy. Chicago is a team that, to me, got lucky against Tampa Bay. I don't know if they were sleeping or what, the lack of weapons they had on offense for that game. But still, I got the Carolina Panthers at home winning in a close game because Chicago's defense will make it tough. I like it 23-20 to 20 with Teddy B doing his thing. What do you think, Damian? Yeah, I'm right there on the same page with the Carolina winning this one in a close one. Carolina's defense has definitely shown that they're going to exceed expectations. I didn't think their defense would be good at all this year because they're so young. But they have definitely shown up. And Chicago's offense isn't the one to challenge Carolina's defense. Nick Foles, he's been okay. But he's not wanting to push the ball down the field to really challenge that defense. Um, Chicago's defense is going through so much against Carolina, especially with their balance attack. Mike Davis, um, Teddy Bridgewater is pushing the ball down the field along with being careful with the ball. He's not going to make dumb turnovers, so I think Carolina will win because of that. Yep, yep. I agree with a whole lot of that. So what do you say, Nikki? Yeah, um, I think Chicago, I think their defense is going to bring the heat, but Teddy Bridgewater is hotter. Going Carolina 26, Chicago 23. Okay, okay. Let's get to our next one. Ooh, we got a big game here. You guys ready? Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady is something that we did not get to see very often when Brady was over there in the AFC. Uh, wow. Okay, so, you know, the Bucks definitely going to be extremely hungry for a win after what happened. And Green Bay right now is like one of the best teams in the NFL. They got a very good offensive line. Their defense is pretty solid. And obviously, we know with Aaron Jones, wait till Devontae uh, Adams gets back. Look, they're a really tough team, and this is going to be a shootout, uh, even though Green Bay does have a good defense and Tampa Bay does too. This is going to be a game of the quarterbacks, and I think that the old man is going to take it. I think that he's going to end up winning this one. It could be a late two-minute drive or whatever, but if he gets his guys back healthy this week, 
this week, which I think he is, then I'm going to say the Bucs win this game 35-31 to 31 over Green Bay. Damien, what do you think? I'm going with a high-scoring game as well, but I'm going the opposite direction. I got Green Bay winning a high-scoring one. No one's been able to stop this Green Bay offense yet. Um, Tampa Bay's defense is good, but it has shown at times can be vulnerable. We saw that against Justin Herbert. Uh, we also saw that in other games this year where their, de- their defense wasn't able to lock up. So I got Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers lighting it up just enough to beat Tampa Bay 30-27. Okay, okay. Green Bay and Nikki, what do you say? Green Bay at Tampa. Yeah, I can't wait for this game. I think either way, it's going to live up to its hype. I actually really did not know which way to go. But, I mean, you got a pissed off Tom Brady. We know how that goes. But I think, yes, it's going to be high scoring. But we're going to see typical Aaron Rodgers fourth quarter comeback. Not, not may not be a comeback. But he will seal the deal at Green Bay 33, Tampa Bay 31. Okay, okay. So we're all like in high scoring over here. Here's a game that could be very high scoring based on the way that the defenses have been playing, and that's Kansas City at Buffalo, all right? Big game over here. Buffalo lost their first one. Kansas City lost their first one. They're both looking to come back roaring. Which one is going to roar louder? You know, who's going to be able to do their thing? This one is a very, very close game, guys, and this is something that I'd even like to dive in a little deeper if we had the time, but... um, the Chiefs, we know who they are. They're solid all around. Buffalo, same thing. They're solid all around. But when I look at the two two quarterbacks and which one is more prone to make the mistake than the other, Buffalo is more prone. Josh Allen is more prone to make the mistake or not win the game in the fourth quarter like Kansas City can with Patrick Mahomes. And for that reason, I'm going to take Kansas City on the road in a close game, 26-23. Damian, what do you got? Josh Allen did take a step back this week, but I think this upcoming week he continues to do the quantum leap. (laughs) (laughs) The winning circle. I got Buffalo upsetting in Kansas City. I don't know what the spread is, but most people went to Kansas City, so I think of it as an upset. Buffalo win 30-27. We saw Derek Carr go down the field on Kansas City. Yeah. If Derek Carr can do it, we know Josh Allen with that monster arm can go down the field and stretch this defense and score. Um, Buffalo's defense, I believe, is better than Vegas's defense. So they'll be able to adjust and give Kansas City some problems as well if they're not able to fix the kinks that's going on in their offense. So I got flow with the upset 30-27 to over Kansas City. Yeah, well, let me tell you this. It, you can't just have Stephon Diggs for Buffalo. They're going to need John Brown on the other side. So they need him healthy this, this game against Kansas City. That's going to be a really big part of it. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, a guy like Tyree Kill could just turn that game around as soon as he has the ball in his hands. All right, let's do our last of the high five, and then we'll come back to our games and a little bit of name that player. We have Monday night, Arizona at Dallas. Very interesting, Arizona at Dallas. Uh, We know what Dallas is, but now they got Andy Dalton coming in. So, look, they didn't seem to really miss a beat with him. I think they'll be able to put up a bunch of points, but I also think Arizona will be able to put up a bunch of points. 
Arizona doesn't have Chandler Jones. This is going to be a very high-scoring game. It's going to be like 155 to like 154, something like that. But in all honesty, I think the Cardinals just being that better team, it wouldn't matter where they were playing. They would end up winning this game in high scoring. I'm going really high, 38 to 34. Cardinals win. What do you got for this one, Damian? I'm going high scoring, but again, I have to disagree with you. I think Dallas will pull together one for Dak in this one. Uh, I think that Ezekiel Elliott will have a big game, be able to keep Arizona off the field a little bit. And Arizona's going to score at will against that defense, of course. So I got Dallas winning 35 to 34 yeah. in this one. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see high scores. Nikki, how about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. High scores. Dallas defense is not going to be able to stop Kyler Murray. But everybody likes to knock, you know, Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton. Look, on a couple teams, he's a starting quarterback, so you can't knock him that much. I think Dallas is going to be just fine. Loving it. All right. So she's got Dallas 34 and Arizona 21. 31. 31, excuse me. Okay. Okay. So we got, yep, high scores. All right. You guys got Dallas. I got Arizona as we keep pumping it out here on the third and three podcast going nuts over here, but getting toward the end of the show a little bit. I've uh, got a fun few little things before we get out of here. Like uh, let's get to our games real quick, Nick. Uh, like we said, the saints on a bye week a much needed bye week and Mike Thomas, hopefully he doesn't punch anybody in the face and he'll play uh, next week. And now with Emmanuel Sanders merge, uh, you know, emerging had an unbelievable game a couple of nights ago, uh, you know, touchdown, uh, 11 grabs or whatever it was, 100 and something yards. So there you go. You got your number two uh, for, for sure, or even a 1A if you want to say that. But, Nick, let's go to our games. Let's start with uh, Washington against the Giants. Um, yeah, I, I shake my head a little bit on this one. Like, which way did he go, George? Is Alex Smith going to start? Wow, that would be amazing if he did. But then you cringe a little bit. And the New York Giants, I mean, this is a tough defense, but – Washington, it's not like they're going to put up a bunch of points. So do you think that the Giants can grab their first win? I actually do. <laughs> I yeah? picked my own team at all the first five weeks. A part of me is like, if you don't get the win here, it's not coming. So I really feel like they need to rally. They can do it against the Redskins. Um, they had something going in Dallas. I don't really trust Daniel Jones that much, but I think, like I said, if you're going to win, this is the week to do it. So I'm actually taking my G-Man 19, Washington 17. Okay, okay. I, I have the exact opposite thing. I have 17 to 14 Washington, and I think it's just, again, it, it, it really there's not much rhyme or reason. We're looking at, you know, no offense, two bad teams right now that are really trying to figure it out, placing people here and there and everything, but – yeah, look, if Washington's pass rush can get to Daniel Jones, it's going to be a bad day and it's going to be a low-scoring day. So I like Washington. You got your Giants. Damian, who do you got in this game? I'm going with the Giants. I think the Giants get their first win. Um, not trusting Washington. Kyle Allen didn't look any better than Dwayne Haskins at all. Um, <laughs> Alex Smith is a great story, but I don't think he's truly ready. Or you can't tell by an offensive line if he's truly ready. So I got the Giants winning this one, 27-24. But I do got a question for Nikki, though. Oh, go, go for it. At this, at this point, is it better to lose? And if you guys did have number one pick, are you going clever for Trevor or are you sticking with Danny Dimes? Oh, 
God. You know what? The fan in me just, like, wants to see a win. But the logical side of me is, like, I don't know. Do you t- now, I see this is the thing. I can't ever really root for tanking. It's so hard for me because it's really hard to turn off the emotional fan side of me. It's really hard to root for a loss. Like, it really, really is. But if we do and we get the number one pick, put the best quarterback out there and let's see what happens. Well, there you go. There you go. That's from a fan right there. Well, those are the things that you want to hear, right? Definitely, definitely. All right. All right. So you guys got the Giants and I got Washington. But, Nikki, I'm certainly rooting for you. I'd rather get a loss in our game over here and you get a win in real life. That'll make me much more happy, without a doubt. I got a rough one coming up here. Um, I'm not, I don't know if Jimmy G is going to be ready to play this week. They took him out last week because he was not ready physically to play and plant his foot and do what he can in the pocket. So I'm not sure if they can beat them uh, if they had Jimmy G, the Rams, that is, you know, without him anyway. So with the Rams, the way they've been playing, they could have fell into a trap last week, which I thought it would have been. That's why I picked Washington over them, but they didn't. They didn't miss a beat. They ended up scoring 30 points. And, yeah, the 49ers defense was still missing all those players that I mentioned, you know, without Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa's never coming back, you know, Sama Thomas, not, I shouldn't say never, not coming back this year, and a whole bunch of other players. It's going to be really rough. The Rams, if they want, they'll be able to throw on us all day, and then they'll mix up the running game, and they'll be able to win. But the 49ers are going to finally make their offense move and do the things that they were doing last year, having that movement um, you know, whatever, uh, whatever is having Debo Samuel come for an end around or whatever, and all that motion and play action and all those great things they do. They have not been doing that for the past couple of weeks. So wake up, Kyle Shanahan. Let's get back to our offense the way we run it. And with our guys now who are healthy, we can get it done. But I don't think they get it done this week. It's going to take them maybe one more week to get it all together. But I'm not riding the 49ers out. But unfortunately, I got the Rams winning 28 to 26 in this game. Damien, what do you got? Yeah, I got to go with the Rams as well. Uh, just don't see enough scoring from San Francisco in this one. So I'm going Rams 24, San Francisco 17. Okay, okay. Nikki, what do you say? Yeah, I just I have to go with the Rams as well. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's, it's tough because I feel like it could go either way. But I'm going to go Rams 23, San Francisco 20 probably but either way i am locking in a rams win oh right. whoa that that one hurts yeah. that, that part hurt right Sorry. there i didn't know that was gonna happen now sometimes those hot teams you know find some water and they chill out man and hopefully that's what they'll do somewhere in the san francisco bay all right so that's what i'm looking for right now man oh man unreal all right so like we said the Saints are on a bye, as well as the Seahawks, talking about my rival. The Chargers are also off this week, and the Raiders have a great week off after beating the Kansas City Chiefs. They just must love that. There's going to be smiles all week in Vegas, and oh my God, if there's casinos for them to go to, they're going to be going to them. There's no doubt about it. A lot of perks living over there. Oh, wow. So those are our games for the week, and we have our records, and we'll bring them out to you. Nikki, your locks are the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Rams. Damian, you got the Titans, the Ravens, and the Dolphins as well. I got Minnesota, Indy, and Pittsburgh as my three locks. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, this week uh, you guys both beat me by one single game. 
All right, we again having high records, so excellent job out of you guys. That Washington game is the one that bit me in the butt over there. But um, yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, I just want to say real quick before we get into name that player because we have we have a few minutes over here. I, I mentioned the young quarterbacks in the league earlier, and I just got to say it is really so great. Like Justin Herbert just gets in there and he's doing his thing. Same thing with Joe Burrow. I can't wait to see what Tua brings. And then the players that are coming in, like Trevor Lawrence, he's ready to go to like half of the teams that don't have their quarterback set or are too old. So like when you look around the league, yep, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and then who's maybe that next guy that you're thinking of? Is it Lamar Jackson, the way he's playing? Is it Josh Allen with his quantum leap? Because I don't think it was a step back last night. I think that they ran into a tough team that was really hungry to play football, and they got their butts whipped. But there's got to be another team out there with a quarterback to throw into the mix that we may not be thinking about yet. So let's see if that team does sneak up somewhere. I don't know who it can be. I don't think it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I know that for sure. They're not going to be one of them. A guy that comes to mind for me may be injured right now. You all were big believers in Drew Locke coming into this year. Yeah. And I think he's somebody that you have to add into that list. And once he comes back, we'll see that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, Derek Carr, he's still young. It seems like he's been playing in the league forever, but that was his brother, David. So don't get the, don't get him confused out there, guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it just – it seems like there's not as much – like. There's not as much middle ground in the NFL. It's either you're like, you know, on the upper echelon or on the way low echelon. You, you know, you're either 0-5 or you're 4-1 or 5-0 and or something like that. And we have a few undefeated teams left in the league. We know that that's not going to stay. You know, it's only been done, you know, twice in the regular season. But, yeah, man, whole lot more to go. And just really proud of the way that some players have played. Feel terrible for Dak Prescott. I really do. So we'll see what Andy Dalton can do over there. Maybe – He's the catalyst, you know, to rally around somehow. I, I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't take the wind out of Dallas. Well, I, I don't think they have any wind in there anyway. They shut those windows a long time ago. <laughs> Things aren't going good. So why don't we close stuff out with uh, name that play, guys. And um, I can go first if you want. I'll repeat it, give you a few seconds to think about it. It's a player we all know. So here we go. Name that player. This is my fifth year starting at quarterback for the same team. I've already made two Pro Bowls. I led the league in passing attempts in 2019. I led my team to the playoffs twice. I play pro football in the same state I played college football. Who am I? So I'll say it again. Why you guys are thinking. This is my fifth year starting at quarterback for the same team. I've made two Pro Bowls. I led the league in passing attempts in 2019. I led my team to two playoff appearances. I play my pro football in the same state I played my college football. Who am I? Do you guys have a guess? So he's five years into the league, starting for the same team, made a couple of Pro Bowls, been in the playoffs a few times, led the league in passing attempts in 2019, which last year. And he played pro football where he played college football, same state. 
My bonus question, I believe, will give it away. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say my bonus question. Should I go for the bonus or you want another second to think? Bonus. All right. I have played in a Super Bowl. Jared Goff. Jared Goff? What do you think, Damien? Ask Nikki. Did I get it? You sure did. Jared Goff, way to go. I I really wasn't sure. I'm like, damn, I don't, I was going to say it, but I was like, no, it hasn't been five years. No, yeah, it has been five years. No, I don't know. Well done. You did it. It was the first name you spit out. Well done, Nikki. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Killing it all around with the knowledge. Well done. For some reason, like, I have no idea, like, where Jared Goff went to college. I was like, where did Jared Goff go? I, you see, I thought that was going to be the one that maybe gave it away was the college thing. But then, oh, okay. All right. Good job, Nikki. All right. D, you got one? Yeah, I have one. Okay. So, I'm a quarterback who grew up in Texas, hmm. but played my college ball in the cold. I was a second round pick to a city that's known for having perfect weather. And I moved on. I think I know. Uh, Drew Brees? Yeah, Drew, I'm just going to say Drew Brees also. Yeah, that's correct. All right, Nikki, yeah. high five. All right. All right. Yep. Nice. Well done. Beautiful, beautiful. And Nikki, you already done your knowledge. You do, you do your homework, yeah, I girl. I don't have one. Yeah, no, no. And, and well done. You got you got both trivia. You got both trivia questions at the end there. That was well done. Good job. Good job all around. Yep. All Maybe right. I like to party. I was like, that's got to be New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> well, when he said that, my mind actually went to Miami. But then oh, you know, yeah. but but when he said the known for a city that is known for beautiful weather, I went right to San Diego, and that's that's where I got it. So yeah, it's those little subtle clues. I like the way you put that out there. Damien, that was good. Little subtle clues like that. I definitely like that. Well, NBA Finals are over. LeBron is crowned king again for all the fools out there who thought he wasn't the uh, best player in the league anymore. You're all fools. So just look at it like that. And again, just the way to maybe look at it and, and describe these greatnesses and where we don't have to necessarily compare, where I look at you know Joe Montana with his four rings and no losses in Super Bowls, Jordan with his six rings and no losses in the NBA championship. Then you go to Brady and LeBron, who have been to more, 
And Brady, yes, he's won six titles, been to nine Super Bowls. LeBron's been to 10 championships and won four of them, okay? But for one player to go to 10 championships on three different teams. Now, forget about Michael Jordan. We're not even getting into that now. This guy is the most valuable player of the league every year because whenever he leaves a team, they end up sucking. And whatever team he goes to, they become champions immediately. And the NBA, we know, is more revolved around one player, Damian, right? Or, you know, like, you know, who's the superstar or whatever, who are we looking for? So a player in the NBA who's playing with four other guys as opposed to a guy in the NFL who's playing with 10 other guys, you know, on one side at the same time and there's offense and defense. And you got to do that alone in basketball. LeBron is just freakishly incredible getting older, but still looks like he's 25. It blows me away. So with all those titles, all, all he's went to 10 championships, Nikki, and Brady's been to nine. You know, I get that. I understand all that. And and LeBron has lost a few, but is it, what if LeBron wins six? Is it then okay to say, okay, yeah, he's the greatest, like hands down? You know, because like, I don't like the comparison thing either, but LeBron shouldn't have to be always compared to Michael because their games are different. And also, I, I know I'm ranting. I'm sorry, guys. LeBron could average 40 points a game if he wanted to in a year. He's not that kind of player. But he, he makes everybody better around him. Yes, Jordan did the same thing, Damian. I know, and I've always been an MJ guy, but my God, LeBron does everything and he's always the best and he still is and everybody who thought he wasn't at a time he just proved it again and he could do it again next year him and anthony davis d yeah now i talked about it on my podcast i talked about what's the odds of the Lakers repeating next year and he should be the favorites it's incredible to think about it that way but he'll be 36 probably before the season even starts you know I don't know when they're going to restart the NBA season, but he turns 36 at the end of December, and he's still going to be the best player in the NBA. And yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, a year, he's going to year 18. He's going to be the best player in the league. Nuts. Unbelievable. Um, the only person that you can really compare to that with the longevity is maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was amazing for a very long time, but his game was totally different. Like, he can, he depended on a skyhook, which you can do until you're 70, right? Yeah, right, but right. LeBron, with LeBron, it's just his body, like, he's probably the most athletic. When you think about the longevity and what he does on the court, he's probably the best athlete of all time. Now, you still can have to go debate on basketball player, you know, to go debate in football, but we think about just athleticism and what somebody's been able to do for such a long time, being a prime for such a long period of time. I have to say LeBron is probably the best athlete I've ever seen. Yeah, and he's still in his prime, which is just freakish. And I don't know, Nikki, do you, my thing is, and maybe you do because of the whole uh, Patriots thing, but do you hold LeBron's losses against him in, in the championships? Like, again, he's been to 10 finals, and he's lost six of them. Do you really hold that again? Not, you know, I'm speak, speaking in generalities. Do people, or and Nikki, you yourself, hold that against him so much where – you're the second best team in the league for that many years, but still you're carrying a team all by yourself for the most part, especially in Cleveland. So I don't hold the losses against them. You you went to the NBA Finals. You still got there. Okay, you lost, but you still won a bunch. Now you have four rings. Where do you fall in that, Nikki? Um, no, I don't hold the losses against him. I think that he's 
defenses against them. Look, greatness is greatness. Like I said, don't be a freaking hater. Get out there and do it yourself. Give it a <laughs> See how successful you are. Yeah, right. No kidding. No kidding. But yeah, that's, you know, that's the thing, Damien. Some people will hold, you know, well, you know, Jordan, perfect, 6-0. and Well, LeBron's never going to do that. So is he immediately eliminated? Let's say he was a rookie and his team got to the finals, right? And they lost. And then he won, you know, five championships in a row after that. Are we really going to hold that rookie year title against him? And he's not perfect, so he's eliminated already? No, that's ridiculous. So I don't think that you can really go down that road. I think that's even more great the more times you get there. And again, with a team like Cleveland doing that, I'm blown away. That's all I can say at this point. I'm just blown away because he can do everything on the court and guard anybody. what we're seeing um for me i don't hold the losses against him the only one that you can hold against him is the dallas series because he underperformed personally in that series he did you're right so, you're right so that's the only one i can point to where you can say okay you can hold that one against him because they were favored to win all of his other losses the other teams were favored to win they were the better teams so for me the only one i can hold against him is the dallas series that's the one black guy on this record is that he wasn't able to figure out what they were doing defensively against him. It seems like mentally he was broken down in that series. But that series is what propelled him the next year and really built him to be a champion. You have to go through those ups and downs. For Jordan, it just happened not to be in the finals. When he lost to Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals, those were the series that broke him down and made him a better player, right. which got him ready for the finals. So I think the 6-0 and thing can be overblown. It's not like he won every year. Like, I'm a Jordan guy, but I hate when people use the 6-0 and no as an argument. It's it's great. It's unbelievable that once he got there, he knew exactly what to do to win. But with LeBron, it shouldn't be held against him that he's 4-6, and six, like I said. You're going against one of the, I think, the Kevin Durant-led Warriors, probably the best team of all time. You can't really hold it against him that he lost to the best team of all time. You know, so... For me, it's just the Dallas series that I hold against them. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. that and, and that's fair. That's fair. But you know what? Like you said, that's where he really grew up, and he never stopped going to championship games since then, except for last year when he got hurt. So, I mean, there you go. So, I, I don't hold the losses and titles against them. No way. Not, not in any sport. Like Buffalo Bills. You went to four Super Bowls. Yeah, you lost them all. But, okay, you're obviously still one of the best teams out there, best coach, best quarterback all that sort of stuff. So we have to look at that in different ways, you know, whichever way you go, Jordan, LeBron, whatever, you know, there's no need for an argument in my opinion. It's just like you said, Damien, appreciate the greatness while it's out there. And hopefully we get to see it for more years to come. It's amazing. This year has been out of control, but um, you know what? Major league baseball seemed to get it done. NBA got it done. NHL got it done. Let's hope that the NFL can keep getting things done as they have to move schedules around all over the place. I'm sure we're going to talk about that when we come back on third and three podcasts next week. We'll see where we're at. But for now, we got all our games in. We got our picks. We got our freaky fantasy draft. Knowledge with Nikki. Damien took it down today. Good stuff. Great questions all around, guys. Had a blast. Definitely, man. Always. 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 Third and three podcasts. You know where we're at. Nikki, tell them where you're at real quick on Twitter. She's awesome. Make sure you follow her and ask her a tricky question if you want to. D, tell them what's up with the show, bro. Oh, man, yes. Uh, thank you again. The real deal with Damien 
Damian Adams. You can subscribe to on any podcast platform and follow me on Twitter at the Real Deal W D A. That's the Real Deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. No doubt, no doubt. I was look, guys. I was in the bank yesterday, and I got into sports talk with uh, with the banker. So, very long story short, um, came into podcasting. I'm like, yeah, I do a show with with uh, Damien and Nikki, my friends, yada yada yada. So, how do, are you on you know Spotify? And he finds it in like two seconds. He goes, "Wow, this is you guys, really." He goes, "Can you hang out for a few minutes? I want to listen to this." I'm like, "Okay." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And he was like, "Wow, you guys sound really good. This is." pretty awesome how do you do this and he's asking a whole bunch of questions so i'm like ah damn i'm like i'd love to tell you but i gotta go bro <laughs> i don't want to be in the bank for two hours man but, shout out to the bankers. but I, yeah right <laughs> we got another subscriber out of it how about that shout out to regency bank down here in south florida pretty cool Ooh, <laughs> and all right yeah give my mouth right <laughs> show me the money anyway guys we are out of here there is no thursday football this week for good reason as we know so get ready for sunday and then monday you got the double header third and three podcast we love you we appreciate you and we hope you enjoy the show we'll see you next time